Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys for being back with us here as we kick off season 26 it is monday december 20th 2021 for episode 251 we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always i'm joe Morata, and i am still joined by michael quinn how you doing michael howdy diddy have a nice break uh, down in Houston with me last yeah, week. Houston. Yeah, Houston. Real, real vacation capital of the world. <laughs> Got to hang out with the Duke. Yeah. Remember that? It was fun. Uh, that, that just makes your vacation even better. Is the hanging d- out with Duke Doherty? The Duke. Oh, yeah, just- it does. Guys, thank you for being with us here. Hopefully, you joined us in Houston last week on our season break. But we are back now, episode 251, kicking off a brand new season as we head into the holiday season as it is. And we're going to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always. Don't you worry about that. We have new topics in store for you. Brand new Royal Rankings. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you guys, if you have a Twitter, follow us there. You get daily gifts. You can do that at OVP Podcast on Twitter. Just hit the follow button. Do it. It's quick. It's easy. And it's painless. Okay? You can also email us if you want to at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the place... If people still want to talk to you and me and over 1,200 other retro wrestling fanatics, is where? Over at Facebook.com slash The Place. It's a great place. It's got a search bar. It does? Uh, yeah, it's got the search bar. You can type in the search bar, our vantage point, dash retro wrestling podcast, bing, bam, boom, tubes, gore, kaflui. You hit the join group you're in. That's it. All you got to do is agree to one rule if you want to join our Facebook group. One rule only, which is don't be what? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. And all we mean by that, folks, is you bring your opinions. You bring your questions. You bring your topics of discussion about retro wrestling. Talk about them, debate, discuss, but don't be an asshole. Yeah, that's all we mean don't by that. Don't do it. Don't have personal attacks on each other. No insulting each other. Really, over wrestling, we're really going to do that? We shouldn't, really. We really shouldn't be doing that. It is that. just, you know, wrestling. It is just wrestling, folks. And if you want to just talk about old wrestling, that's the group for you. Join our Facebook group if you have a Facebook. And if you want more OVP content, perhaps you've been with us for a few weeks, a few months, or as many years as we've been doing this. You want more of what we do? We have it over at Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. A very small donation uh, will get you every extra thing we have, which is pay-per-view reviews. We're up to King of the Ring 94 right Mm -hmm. now. Everything before that. And the 1984 canon. If you want to support us and if you want extra stuff, maybe try it out for the new year. Try it for the rest of December. I don't know. Put it on your Christmas wish list. There you go. Get me a Patreon (laughs) to OVP podcast. Dear Santa Claus. Imagine asking your family members, like, what the hell is Patreon? (laughs) What the hell's OVP podcast? Well, if you know what it is and you want more of it, again, no pressure with any of this. It's just if you want more of what we do and you want to support us, it's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. All right, Michael. All right. Brand new, fresh season here. Let's do it. Winter is upon us now, just mm-hmm. about. What we are talking about this season, brand new opening topic, is when a wrestler leaves one promotion and goes to another one. Typically, when we call those a jump, right? Yeah, the jump. The jump. And that's the name of this new segment, the jump. And all season long, what we're going to talk about is wrestlers that jump from one place to another, maybe multiple times, the effect that it had, not only on the wrestler, 
but also on the company that the wrestler left and the company the wrestler joined. So this is the first segment of The Jump. Should I stay or should I go? Might as well jump! Jump! Welcome to The Jump. And folks, we will be taking your suggestions. If you have one you want us to talk about, drop it to us on Twitter, shoot us an email, or join the group and let us know. Quinn, we're talking about jumpers, man. Yeah, that was a very hoppy... Um I'm, I'm, it's I'm hopping. hopping, I'm jumping to WCW. That's whatever. right. So who are we talking about today? Well, we're kicking this one off with a very notable jumper, Quinn. Yeah. This one had repercussions, I think, across the board. Oh, oh <laughs> the board was repercussed big time. <laughs> it really was repercussed. We are talking about Bret Hart. When you get offered a, a, a great offer and you have to decide which one you're going to take... Brett the Hitman Hart. Yep, when he went from WWF to WCW. So it was so important they did a whole documentary <laughs> about it. People are still talking about yeah. it to this day. And I figure this is a good way to introduce this segment is uh-huh. Brett Hart because it's very notable, right? Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> God will strike you <laughs> there, down, there, Hunter. There's so many like associated <laughs> things with this fucking thing. That really sucks, you know. They'll go back to the hotel and have a big laugh, right? A few beers, you know. Now, you guys all know the story of Bret Hart. If you're listening to this, you know Montreal. We're not here to really recap every single event. What we're here to do is set the stage, right? So, going back a year before Bret jumped, which was the fall of 96, he signed that infamous 20-year deal. So big. But was it for like $1 million? Isn't that a really horrible deal? It's like deal? a couple of... It's like maybe $4 million or something for total. For 20 years? Yes. What, what, that's like a bargain. It was a pretty big bargain. <laughs> But Brett really wanted to stay with the WWF, and he did, right? And he signs this deal in the fall of 1996. Well, I'll be with the WWF forever. Whoa. All right. All right. Fast forward to September of 1997. After Brett's had an awesome year, I think most people will agree that's maybe his best year ever is 97. If I'm him, I'm like, wow, they they ripped me off for 20 minutes. I'm getting the hell out of here. (laughs) Vince tells Brett that he has to defer payments, you know, pay him later. Yeah. He can't pay him everything right now. They're in financial peril. Whatever he says, right? And Vince gives Brett the option, opens up negotiations to the WCW. The WCW. Brett negotiates with the WCW and winds up signing with them, faxing his contract or faxing his notice to WWF on November 1st, 97. Yeah, remember why I was swimming in a pool? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. We know. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. So he has a hat and everything when he's doing the fax. Yeah. And anyway, Brett signs with WCW. We know what happens on November 9th in Montreal. They really screwed me, the lousy bastards. WCW, in typical fashion for them during this period of time, brings them in as a referee. Now, no, yes, so, I know why. Go ahead. Th- Always defending was, this. Was like they couldn't technically have him do anything yes. the first month or something, right? He had, like, non- he had the end of his non-compete and, or something. And to be fair, this is done now, too. I'm well aware. Like, yeah, like this is done now. And they had a big show coming up. Yep. They're like, well, we need to hype that we got Bret Hart or something, right? And, which is fair. Yeah. It's great to be in Ric Flair country. I will always maintain, though, that it really botched everything. It like it's not yeah, it's not defending <laughs> it's it not as good. much as much as it's saying it's a reasonable thing to like put him on the pay per view. Could they have waited? Yes. and debuted him in yes. a better fashion. Yes, but they were you know this was the era of got to everything's got to be the biggest. The Ratings, next show yeah, has got to be the biggest show. Listen, like, I, I do understand that. Yeah. You and I have talked at length. We will continue to in the future, I'm sure. 
about how it was a bad way to uh, end the Starcade 97 match between Hogan and Sting because right. the count wasn't fast. Brett looks like a bully just beating up Nick Patrick for no reason. <laughs> it's just not good, right? And then Brett goes on uh, until leaving WCW, obviously, in 2000 to have a very respectable mid-card career. <laughs> Brett Hart, though, under the WCW banner, is hammering Brian Adams here. What I want to talk about with Brett jumping to WCW real quick here is this is a guy who was still pretty young. I mean, he was 40 when he when he came over, right? Mm-hmm. He fits right into the average age of the headliners right there. Oh, like yeah. Hogan Hall, Nash Savage, Flair, right? Yeah, All he's not guys. old. He's not old. I will not, and I'm the biggest Brett Hart fan that you know, Quinn. Mm-hmm. I will not pretend that he is on the level of a Hulk Hogan. Right. But he is certainly on the level, if not higher than uh, Hall and Nash. Okay. They didn't really use him in that way, though. And the way they booked Bret Hart in WCW, a lot of people know about this, was very confusing. Is he an ally of the NWO, but he's not in the NWO? I never got his NWO status. It never really made sense. You know, I will make an argument that actually, I do think he was treated like Hall and Nash, because Hall and Nash were never, they were... Well, Nash was treated as... On the Hogan level, Quinn. Sort of. For the like, most for, part. For, not until like 1999. He was like, He was like crony level. Like Quinn, Nash mo- beat Goldberg. <sighs> yeah, with a cattle prod from, Ken, doesn't matter. from Scott Hall. And he also like, was the leader of the Wolf Pack. That's true, Wolf. I mean, wolf. There, there is the Wolf Pack. But uh, to be fair, like they never were like, Hogan. No like, one was bigger than Hogan. Yeah, they, Zero people. God forbid, right? It's like <laughs> well, in WCW. <laughs> but... What was always confusing to me, and this is the effect on Brett's career, right? He was never really Brett Hart in WCW. Like he was fine. Like if you look at what he did, it's it's competent, right? He has some decent matches, yeah, U.S. title and shit like that. But he was never really Brett Hart ever again. What I think is that you know what the big mistake they made was. What's that? Is focusing him on any title. He should have been above titles because then you can placate stupid Hogan, let him hold on to the belt or whatever. You know, I'm just here for matches or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like he he doesn't like you can very like easily and smartly just do like they do with big people and just never really position him in a title. Like, just have him fight all the best opponents that he never got to fight in the WF. And when he did fight those guys like Flair and Savage and and I think even Hogan once, right? Wasn't it like on either house shows or on just throwaway TV shows? Right. Was, he never had a big thing on pay-per-view. Like, okay. Say Hogan's like, hey, brother, nobody can be in the main event but me. No more prima donnas. Fine, right? You put Brett in the like semi-main <laughs> yes. against like somebody he's never fought or somebody he hasn't fought in many years in a great match that like fans are there to see. So then they have this expectation going every pay-per-view. Oh, Brett Hart's like going to be in a you know, a first time match or he hasn't yeah. fought this guy in like six years or whatever. And like, it's not, you're not thinking about the title anymore. That's oh, like yeah, what sure. they should have done with him. And I think they did to an extent, but you can clearly see they didn't have their full confidence behind Brett and fine. Whatever that reason was, I don't know. But the repercussion on Brett's career is he like wasted the last three years of his career there. Right. I, but to be fair, the one thing also during this time period that I think gets overlooked at least in my mind, I don't know about your mind, I had no fucking expectation that he'd get kicked in the face and never be able to wrestle again. Oh, no one <laughs> Like, did. I thought, oh, he's going to be around into, like, the 2000s or something, and right? Would've been. Yeah, that's that. So that's the thing that I think we, we, we go back and we look and we're like, we're sort of, like, rewriting 
the landscape of what our thoughts were at the time because we really had no clue that he would just be out of the business. True. And I remember being very underwhelmed by Bret Hart right. and WCW. I'm a big Bret Hart fan. But you raise an interesting point about the Goldberg thing, uh, kicking him in the head, which essentially ended his career in December 99. I know we're not allowed to give this person any credit ever because he's a terrible person for some reason, but Vince Russo was finally the one where he was in control. He's like, we, we, we have we have Bret Hart, bro, and we're, yeah. we're, we're not doing anything with him. And Vince Russo was the one that was like, put the world title on him. He was yeah. absolutely correct. He was. That yeah. would have been a decent direction. Yeah, you but know, the, 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 issue, the issue I always have with that, though, and maybe maybe I'm just rewriting in my head how everything happened, but I swear like they were also like Jeff Jarrett, bro, at the same time. It was only once. Jeff Jarrett was supposed to be like the second in command of that new NWO. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sucks. But Brett was supposed to be the guy for a while. <laughs> yeah. So I guess Big Sid didn't get the license number of that truck last week. He's taking a start in little petty games with the excellence of execution. The greatest wrestler that ever put on a pair of tights. Obviously, we know what it did to Brett's career. So on that end, bad jump for Brett. I yeah. think he regretted it almost immediately. You could tell he wasn't as motivated in, w in the WCW. The first year was weird. Let's yes. just say. 97 to and 98. Honestly, after watching wrestling with the shadows there... That's what Bret Hart would call wrestling with the sternum. Wrestling with yeah, is that your sternum? <laughs> anyway, after watching that, I understood also why he didn't really care about WCW because he didn't he didn't want to be there. He got paid, <laughs> like, like, he it, got like, paid a lot of money to not yeah, want to be there too. Right, because ultimately, Fit right in everyone else. From what you can tell from that documentary is that he wanted to stay in the WF, but like Vince, for whatever reason. And I, I always, I'm always like, I can't ever make a decision if what Vince was going on there, like what he was thinking. On one hand, I could say it actually is like very forward thinking for Vince McMahon of all people to say, hey, this guy's getting near 40. Maybe like, you know what I mean? Because he seemed to remember how folk, hyper focused and Jr. was always like the big like proponent of what talent has to be young. Like, you yeah. know, like, you know what I mean? Like maybe this was like, weirdly them saying well he's you know getting to the end here and you know why don't we be forward thinking and just fucking move on i gotta think about everything just see what makes sense i call eric maybe i don't know can we cut this off now for a little while i think there's a lot of factors going yeah. i think one is that brett was increasingly unhappy with the direction or so the, the stories say and he himself says and the whole stuff with Shawn Michaels, I think Vince saw an opportunity. Well, look, if you want to leave, I'm going to let you leave. Right. I think if Brett had stayed, and we don't need a fantasy book because we've done this before. If Brett had stayed, he could have had a really good 98 by turning face. And even if by turning, because the Canada shit was like over with by the fall of 97. Like people yeah, didn't care. That Patriot shit yeah, killed it anyway. Seriously. And Shawn was the top heel. So even if it became Shawn in the DX feuding with Brett and the Hart Foundation, and even if the crowd turned and that made DX face anyway, I think Brett would have adapted to 98. Yeah. On the other hand here, though, with Vince McMahon, is like what his decision that I wanted to say was that, on the other hand, he made an extreme error because the Shawn Michaels-Brett Hart feud, as much as it was, you know, partially real life, first of all, I think from a real life perspective, that shit would have fizzled out eventually. They couldn't argue forever. I think it would have. If they... I, I even think, considering that, you know, we look back at everything, 
And it really was only in 1997. Like, it yeah, probably they- <laughs> would have just, like, they probably would have said, you know what, fuck it, like, let's make money. Like, you know what yes. I mean? I really think it would have developed into more of a professional feud, meaning Agreed. kayfabe. Agreed. And they could have had, I was talking to you about this on text. I was saying, we were watching the, the, the thing that we're going to review, right? Man, if the stuff that went down for this match not to happen at WrestleMania 13, right? Yep. If they could have just somehow carried that over to 14, not for the title, it's just these guys fucking hate each other. Sure. Right? The it's, heat was there. It's like they didn't even fight at Survivor Series. Like It's like somehow, some way, it keeps not happening. Right. And then they just have to fight, right? Right, like, yeah. Gorilla Monster's like, you have to fucking fight at WrestleMania. <laughs> I don't care what any of you think. Enough like, already. Yeah, like, <laughs> Give me a break yeah, here. Yeah, it's just like that shit would have been amazing. Like, they would have blown the roof off the place. Like, the, the two of them just beating the ever-loving shit out of each sure. other, finally getting, like, two years of feud out. Yeah. Like, it would have been amazing. There was a lot of potential like, still for, yeah. for Brett, I think. Like, no holds barred or something. Yeah, just using or fucking or... weapons on each other. Like, it would have been great. Absolutely. I think it's fair to say, Quinn, that for the WWF, this turned out to be a great move. Letting Brett go. Intentional or not, we all know what snowballed from there. The Mr. McMahon character, the interest over what happened in Montreal. The WWF had momentum going Stone into 98. Cold. Stone Cold. It, it really, the biggest benefit of Brett jumping was that it allowed Stone Cold room to like grow and breathe and not have, you know, the Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart feud overshadowing, overshadowing him. Maybe. Yeah, you know maybe. what I mean? And, and putting Shawn on his own. And I mean, it inadvertently put Shawn in a feud with the undertaker where he broke his back. And, yep. and then Austin was really home free. Yeah. I mean, Austin was the guy no matter what by 98, yeah. but you're right. It did uh, allow a clearer pathway maybe to get there. Although Austin versus Bret at 14, which was always kicked around. That would have worked too. Bret yeah. putting Austin over. For WCW, I think it's a wash. I don't think they ever needed Bret Hart. No, it but didn't it really help them it to have helped. Him. Yeah, but it didn't. Do you think it? All right, let me let me phrase it in the form of a question. Did it benefit WCW at all, really, to get Bret Hart? I don't think it did. Only because they didn't use it right. Right. Yeah. Like here's the one thing: they squandered one opportunity here. Right. Think about this: Austin is headlining the WF. Who's Bret Hart's arch fucking rival in in wrestling? Besides, still, besides still Sean. even by Montreal, even by the time he left, it's Steve Austin. Steve Austin. Imagine Bret Hart leading the other show. It, it really is like art imitating life, and it would have they could have like played into that, right? They could have done you know, a lot the of WCW's things. WCW is respectable, not like that <laughs> other program. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Brett cutting promos like on the at the opening of WCW. I mean, I love the idea. It was never gonna happen. They could have like actually like went the moral high ground angle with Bret Hart as a big fucking heel. They could have <laughs> yeah, like like stuff like that. There was a lot of possibilities, but I think ultimately it washed out to nothing for WCW. I don't think it hurt yeah. them to have Bret Hart. I think it hurt the Starkey '97 main event, but you know that. I don't think it helped them to have Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest. Benefit here, the biggest beneficiary is the WWF. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, it hurt Brett's career. It didn't help WCW. Yeah. So the only I don't think any of that was intentional either. Again, no. I, these are things that like people That's why are we're like, talking. oh, did they send Brett no. to like torpedo? Like people think these things, I know. right? It's like, listen, a lot of shit that happened between the WCW and WWF, like who succeeded and who didn't, 
was just like happenstance yes. and like it was like this seems like the right move at the right time this is basically like how both of them were thinking it was like eric bischoff you can't fault him he's like oh this is one of the biggest superstars let's get him right let's capitalize on montreal wbf we're running out of money and we're kind of not pushing this guy anymore let's get rid of him like that's all that happened yeah, he's a pain in the ass and right. he's unhappy yeah yeah absolutely that's Quinn. all that's going on it's not like some big fucking conspiracy right. theory let's like torpedo them and send brett hey <laughs> Hey, Brett, can you like suck ass in <laughs> WCW? Like, can you ask for the worst angles possible? Like, what you think they did that like before, like in a room somewhere? <laughs> like they, they had like a battle plan. It's like, here's like a checklist, Brett, carry it in a briefcase, never show it to anybody. It's like, act like, like don't wrestle in good matches yeah. and like, don't fucking, cut good promos, feud with El Dandy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, Give up to Lex Luger. You yeah, know? he's like, yeah, these they do these things so that they stink. Yeah, right. It's like that's that's exactly what they did. I think uh, I think you said it all, Quinn. That I can't add to that at all. But to recap here, and folks, let us know your thoughts in terms of who it was good for. Just the WWF in this case. I don't think it was good for Brett, and I don't think it helped WCW at all. Again, I don't know if it hurt him, but I certainly don't think it helped him. It might have hurt him by having him and they didn't know what to do with him. One way or another, folks, we want you to let us know what you think. Do that on Twitter. Shoot us an email or join the group. And let us know if you have any suggestions for The Jump because we'll be doing it all season long. But, Quinn, when we come back, it is a brand new Royal Rankings. That's right. It is now the Royal Rankings of Royal Rumbles. The first two are going to be coming out of the tank. We're going to see where they rank. And that'll be coming up right after this. You know, I think we should point out for the record, I was was here for Nitro a week ago, and I saw all of this happen, Bret Hart. Yeah, Who are you trying to kid? I had a pulled groin. Look at this. Bad knee? I pretend. I suck up the courage. Everybody thinks I'm just a bag of bones. I'm ready for the glue factory. But the fact is, I've just started. The WCW and every single wrestler in it, take a look. Because the hitman's proved himself one more time. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. He is the subject of a film documentary called Wrestling with Shadows. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode 251, here on Monday, December 20th, 2021. How you doing there, Michael? Hi. You just making the jump over there to uh, WCW? Yeah, I jumped over into my seat. That's yeah. right. And folks, if you're in your seat and you want to jump over to Patreon, you can get more OVP content. And again, we aren't doing this to try to rip you off. We don't ever want to feel like people are taking advantage of or anything. We make this available, A, so we have a place to do our extra content, and so you guys can support us if you want to. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. What you're going to get there is on the $2 tier, the 1984 canon. That's where we're going through every episode of WWF Championship Wrestling. We've done it all the way since January of 82. Right now, we're in June of 84. Rock and wrestling, both, Quinn. It's alive and well, Joe. It's alive and well. David Wolf has been there. Cindy is coming around. Wow. Lots of things, kids. And if you want to get your hands on it, it's $2 a month video show or audio only show. Really, check it out. $2 a month. And then if you want to upgrade to the highest tier, it's only $5 a month. 
and that's going to get you the 84 cannon that we mentioned, and then the centerpiece of our Patreon. That's where we do every WWF pay-per-view in order. We started with the first WrestleMania. Out right now is King of the Ring 94, which, woof, woof. People really like that one because of the Art Donovan stuff. Yeah. It was fun. It was a fun one to do. And coming up in a couple of weeks will be SummerSlam 94 Whoa. to kick off the new year. SummerSlam in January. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah. it says summer like January. <laughs> so again, this this is what we offer on Patreon. There's no tricks. There's no like bullshit or anything no. like that. Literally, this is our extra stuff. Content after content. You know, a weekly show and the monthly pay-per-views. It's all there on Patreon. If you like what we do, if you love OVP, just try it out. If you don't like it, you can cancel. We won't be offended. We're really not. Yeah. And if you have been wanting to try it out, maybe your money's a little tight or something like that, you want to just give it a shot, let me know. Just send us a DM on Twitter or a Facebook message if you're on the group. Let us know and we will take care of you, okay? That's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Michael? Yes? My favorite time when we kick off a new rankings. Yeah. And if this happens to be your first episode of OVP or perhaps you're unfamiliar, the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush is where we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. Uh, we do this on Facebook, so join the group if you always want to be a part of the voting. When the voting is over, we take all of them. We put them into two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. And each week we pull out two names at a time. We alternate best and worst. By the end of the season, you are going to have the definitive certified organic baptizer, Dane Zangiomo, USA certified organic and healthy. Best and worst Royal Rumble matches of all time. So Quinn, this is matches, not the whole card. Royal Rumble matches. That's what won the poll. Yes. You guys do the voting. All we're here to do is scientifically rank them. Yes. We don't we don't pick any of this. With, nope. It's just presented, and yes. we have to make something of it. Exactly. We have our lab coats on here in the OVP loft lab. Yeah. Right? That's what it's called. We seal. We hermetically seal the whole area. Very hermetic. Um, what we do here is we go through them, and we rank them. Now, before we go down to Howard Finkel, Quinn, I just want to ask you here, because I know you're a big fan. I want to get your take on this. You love the Royal Rumble. I do love the Royal Rumble. And this is the best, right? The rankings is the good ones. I even watch the bad ones. Sometimes yeah, I too. watch the new ones. Yeah, me too. What to you makes a good Royal Rumble? First of all, good entrance, right? Really? I, I like okay. I like a good good field. Good um, field, good roster. Good field um moments, right? That's another one. The Royal Rumble seems so clinical these days. It's like, oh, they come out and they get thrown out and blah, blah, blah. Everyone right? watches them but do like, their spots. Yeah, everyone. And then they lay around. Like, <laughs> this is real. But honestly, the best Royal Rumbles I remember were like where there was like stakes. And like if you got eliminated, it was like a big fucking deal. Or like if your like arch rival comes out and they're like, fuck you, asshole. Sure. And like, you know what I mean? And and they maybe they, it was like an ill-timed, like, you know, somebody's dominating and then you know, somebody that they're feuding with comes out and they're like, oh shit. Like, sure. you know, that's to me like the best Royal Rumbles. And when that's happening one after the other, after the other, and then you have like a good final four usually when maybe, maybe it's kind of controversial, but it is definitive who won. Sure. Right. That's always the best one. Nonstop action, right? right. Good action. As right. we always like to say, Uh huh. not a bunch of laying around, right. not a really thin roster where you have a bunch, a, a, a giveaway of a bad rumble is a lot of tag wrestlers. Right. A lot of them, I mean. So, folks, what we're going to do here, we're going to go through the rumbles that made the top 10 to come out this week. But before we do that, we must go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time. Tag team champions are going to go at each 
Vikings, week number one. Wow. Here we go. I love starting off a new one, Quinn. Cold Stone. Cold Stone. We're starting this one off Cold Stone here. We got uh-huh. two names coming out. We're going to talk about what makes the matches good, what happens in them, and which one is better than the other. So without any further ado, it's time to go down to the fans and find out which Royal Rumble match drew number one. Interesting. Royal hmm. Rumble 97. It's interesting this one made it. Although it is. I personally like this Royal Rumble. I don't mind it. I like it because of the surprise factor at the end. Yes, there's some good stuff in this one. Yeah. So Royal Rumble 97, the event itself was held on January 19th at the Alamo Dome. Uh, 60,000 people were in attendance. Which is surprising for a company coming off 1996. Many of them <laughs> probably paid five bucks. I think there was this fucking promo. In San Antonio, that if like you bought a Slurpee at Seven Eleven, you got a ticket or something. I mean, there's when, some when you're sh- having trouble. <laughs> they paper doing the anything. fuck out of this, yeah. yeah. But it was at a dome, right? And yeah, it looked good. It looked good. It looked like, hey, wow, people actually watch wrestling. Yep. Like in 1997, <laughs> this is amazing. This is uh, the interesting period of time for the WWF, the pre-attitude era, attitude era, Quinn. Right. Even though you might say 97, what are these guys talking about? Wrestling was so popular. WWF We're, wasn't yet. January of 1997. WWF specifically? Nah. Stinky. Like, is, it was stink. Obviously, by 97, the prize for winning the Rumble is well established. The winner gets a world title shot at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. That's the stakes. So, keeping that in mind, let's run down the roster. <laughs> what a way to start it off. Crush. <laughs> now, normally I'd say, well, you know, this is going to suck, <laughs> right. but this Royal Rumble isn't that bad. It's it's surprising Crush not ruining something. It, it's not a, it's a decent Royal Rumble. The yeah. roster is okay. Yeah. We'll run it down here. Number two, very fitting, Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, big start. You know, people, I, I feel like history has forgotten Ahmed Johnson, right? He was like a main dude in like 96, 97, yeah. even into 98 a, a little, little bit. Early yeah. 98, yeah. A lot of reasons, you know, a yeah. lot of reasons he was, why. He was injury prone was yep. the main reason. That was his main thing. I don't think they, there was any, like, lack of desire to push him. Oh, they wanted to push him. I, I think if he wasn't hurt in, in 98, he would have just still, hey, Ahmed Johnson, man. He's like a fucking, he's so powerful and strong. Like a, a great look. Yeah. Number three. <laughs> fake, no desire to push this guy. Fake Razor Ramon. Yeah, fake Razor. Rick Bogner. The bad guy. It's, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, Phineas I. Godwin. The pig. The pig, yes. Yeah. Number five, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. Now, Stone Cold coming into this rumble has been a big dick. Since so like, about September. To basically everybody. He's pissed off the entire roster. He's pissed off everyone. He turned on Brian Pillman for literally no real reason. He's, <laughs> he beat he's up insane. that cameraman or whatever. He beat up the cameraman. He he went to Pillman's house, broke into it. He, he hit, hates Bret Hart. He hates Shawn Michaels. Pillman pulled a gun on him. Yeah. Because everyone... And nobody felt bad for Stone Cold. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. This is true. Like, You're nobody right. was like blaming Brian Pillman. <laughs> no. They're like this crazy person <laughs> right. like breaking into his house with his wife next to him. This is absolutely like, true with that weird room with yeah. the refrigerator. Yeah. Uh, so Austin is the hottest star in this so far, definitely. Yeah. But uh, very soon, someone else will be joining the fray. Yeah, you don't have to wait long. Every 90 seconds. Oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh-oh. 
Number six, also a very hot star, Bart Gunn. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Gunn's brother in, in real life. Yeah, definitely yeah. his real brother. Yep. Number seven, lingering Jake Roberts. So yeah, somehow. this is this is left over from the Stone Cold King of the Ring thing where Jake was old. Yeah. He's like, I have a vest on and I'm gonna lose the King of the Ring. My like, snake is yellow now. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck happened. I don't know. That's a terrible era for him. Uh, hilariously, Stone Cold does eliminate him he just does. for that insult to injury there. And Bart Gunn and Phineas. Yeah. British Bulldog is next and Pretty good star. Yeah. During this period. Pretty Definitely like him and Owen are in the top tier. So this is one of the better people. Yep. Uh, one of the worst people, Pierre Roth. Pierre Roth. I, <laughs> I honestly could not tell you which Lucha that is. Doesn't matter. I, I don't know. Which, which mask is he wearing? I don't know. He was yeah. like 40 by the time he was in this, though. Like This, no one cares. Yeah, the thing with this is they're like littered. Yeah. Like throughout sp- this, and I sp- hate it so much. <laughs> they're the worst shit. It like the, these luchas. They are. And like, that's the, here's the thing. You're talking to Quinn who likes lucha. Yeah. And even I was like, this is like the jobbers <laughs> coming to, like, we're stars. It's like, what? Who are you? Lucha Overground. Yeah. Shut up. Speaking of stars, number 10, the Sultan. Mm hmm. Number 11, of course, <laughs> gotta have him, Mil Mascarez. The, 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 the biggest star they could get. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Here comes the legendary Mil Mascarez. Who cares? You yep. know who who eliminated him himself? Yeah, because he doesn't fucking job for anyone. <laughs> yeah. Remember we saw last week on the Houston? Yeah, that's He doesn't true. lose. You know, th- th- this is why WWF and Mil Mascaris are things that will never go together. They're like, <laughs> WWF's looking at this guy like, who the fuck is this? Like, who's he to like not lose to like Hulk Hogan and stuff? Like, no. you know what I mean? no, like, Stone Cold, like, get the fuck out of here, man. You can eliminate yourself, loser. Now, now, believe me, I understand that he is a huge, huge star in Mexico. Yeah, not here. This is the WWF, yeah. though. You know, it's different. It just is different. The you know WWF what I mean? audience is literally like, who? Yeah. Like, not even an excited who. Like, just a who? Who? I know they're doing it because, you know, San Antonio, very close, but still. No. The, most of the people are not in San Antonio. They're buying this shit. It's not an insult pay-per-view. to, like, the Mexican wrestling no. fan. It's just a, like, you gotta read the room, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, you gotta, like, if you, if Mil Masters wants to be a big star in WF, you gotta do the work, bro. Yeah, and he like, didn't want to be, yeah, obviously. Yeah, so just getting get a payday fuck out of here. Triple H was next at number 12. Yeah, very appropriate. Yep. Like, just not really a big deal. Nope. Uh, 13, Owen Hart, like we said, another another top tier dude. Upper yeah. echelon. Goldust, again, decent, like, mm-hmm. upper mid-carter, yep. mid-carter. Next, from the internet, Cybernetico. Cybernetico, yes. Uh, another one of those. Cybernetico or Cybernetico? In, in Spanish, it should be Cybernetico. Is that, that's internet-related, though, right? I don't know. I always thought he was from the internet as a kid. I'm not kidding. He was a young one. He was, like, 21 or something. Well, that's why they call it that, because when you're young, in the 90s, you know the internet. Tech. Tech. Yeah, my nephews go with the computer. Yeah. That type of thing, yeah. right? Uh, number 16, Mark Morrow. Mark Marrow was kind of... he was Before in, the knee injury. Yeah, so actually, like, I felt like he was top-tier mid-carder. He was. Yeah, like, he wasn't... Like, this isn't, crap. Mar- this isn't crappy Mark Marrow yet. No. I yeah. mean, really, I would wager... This is wild man, right? He's still very wild. Yeah. I would wager that he was never really crappy. It's just that Sable overshadowed him. And then they just kind of de-pushed him to yeah. do that. Although his 98... Most of his 98 I, is very fun. Yeah. Butterball! <laughs> Whatever. You fat tub of crap! Yeah. But yeah, Mero is in that era where he's starting to get edgy because P- 
people are getting a little a little touchy feely with Sable. Like Undertaker had a problem with her. Like people yeah, he's pro- always having to like defend yeah. her. Right? It's not to the point yet where they they don't they resent each other. Right? It's like to the point of like Mark Merrill has to like you want to fucking yeah, fight? He, don't mess with my girl. He's you know, like pissed. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty good. Uh, number seventeen. Love this guy, the Latin lover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is he? I don't know. He's a wrestler. Horrible. Um, then Man, after- thank goodness we're like through all those losers. Yeah, they're, they're gone. Yeah. 18, Farouk. Another Yeah, Farouk is still top. 19, uh, Savio Vega, no, who is no still- go- No good anymore. No good. Still a face, but no yeah. one cares. Yeah. Speaking of no one cares, wh- by the way, I like the nice touch. Austin eliminated Savio Vega. That, that makes sense. Someone was thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? That makes few. sense. Uh, Jesse James is next. This is you might be asking who the fuck is that? It's the road dog. Yep, double J Jesse James. This is about a year before he would become very good. Yep, and not even like ten months. Yeah. yeah, I really think the road dog character is like underrated, and I like that it sort of like saved his 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 career. It gave him a whole new life. Yeah, it really did. He really like he's a you good know, wrestler. Looking back at Je- like road dog Jesse James or whatever, he's fine. He really was one of the of the Attitude Era people. Kind of like seem to rewrite history that he wasn't like super popular. He was like yeah, everyone, was, everyone knew very the, popular. everyone knew the catchphrase sure. and like they would do, they would do his thing at yeah. the beginning of their matches. But this was not that it was a good, no. <laughs> this is spend my day, yeah. which we which, were singing which is a great song. And then they like WBF, like listen to this podcast. And they're like, you want to bring it back? Yeah, that's like, what it was. It is suspicious, no, Joe, that we we did like entire segments about how good that fucking shit was. I and think then, Bruce Pritchard might have had something to do with the song coming maybe back. Maybe he listens to us, and it yeah, was like indirect, uh-huh. right? Bruce listened to us, and Conrad, of course, loves us. Well, Conrad knows who we are. I heard you've been talking shit on your stupid little OPP podcast. Nobody even listens to this shit. Number twenty-one, the other really big star in this match besides Austin, Bret Hart. Yes, Bret the Hitman Hart. Now, Bret Hart is very much still a face here. Right. And the only negative thing that's happened to him is when he got into a tizzy with Sean at its time, and it allowed Sid to pin Bret Hart to mm. stay the champion. But other than that, all well and good for the most part. I mean, Austin's a big pain in Bret's ass, but Bret beat him at Survivor yeah. Series. I forgot we're coming off its time, yes. one of my favorite fucking pay-per-views. Excellent. Like, I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> I know. I, I will argue it's time is a is a gem. It's it's fine. It's time. It's <laughs> now next. This is a really cute spot. Jerry Lawler's announcing yeah. at this. Which, by the way, this is the debut of Jr's hat, and he keeps it forever. Mm. <laughs> mm, my hat. <laughs> Whatever he does, my hat. So Jerry Lawler's like, it takes a king, and then he his number gets called. He goes in. Brett punches him right out of the <laughs> ring. He goes back to commentary, and he's like. To know a king or yeah. whatever. And take the king! Turn the king Lawler sticking up behind the hitman Bret Hart. Look at it. The king is out. And Bret Hart. Looks like- oh my. I think we just saw a record broken. I think Lawler was- had just broken a record. I think he just said it. It takes a king. And- to know a king! This was a perfect little spot for the king yep. because, first of all, I like this. This works twofold. A King is just fun. Is still like on top of his game at this point, yes, right? Yes. So King can execute this this joke perfectly. The the, the catchphrase beginning and yep. then he's out when he when it adds. So he can execute that perfectly. But also, 
Stone Cold had beaten his rivals in Savio Vega and stuff. <laughs> yes. It was neat to see Brett, uh, like Brett, take care of his like, yeah. past rivals. Like a nice little callback. You know, right, like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. You know, <laughs> not dealing with this shit tonight. <laughs> not today. Because especially in like early '97, Bret Hart had no fucking time for King anymore. <laughs> no, I was like, get the fuck out of here, King. He barely had it's time. Enough to, it's enough to still have to deal with Owen. Yeah, I was just going to say, he barely had time like fighting off Owen still. Yeah. This was still happening. Yeah. Remember in the European tournament, like, Brett took on Owen? It's this so is funny real. that, like, 1994 lingers around yeah. for, like, years. Great. Yeah. Number 23 is Fake Diesel, of course, Glenn Jacobs, Kane, Big I, Daddy I, Dentist. I, I think it's appropriate. Brett Hart only needs Fake Diesel. See? Too, see? Ah. Because he is supposed to be the real Diesel. Yeah, he is Diesel. He's just fake. That We know he's fake, yeah. but in the universe of wrestling, it's, they don't. He's Diesel. He's just Diesel. He is announced as... They don't... People, I think this is also a misconception. Fake Razor and fake Diesel when they came out. I swear people think that the like announcer would say, Fake Diesel! <laughs> no, like, it's not what they said. It's just Diesel. Just because Wikipedia says fake Diesel, <laughs> it's not... That's like a, that's totally like the internet made that up. I love that that's their canonized name, though. <laughs> fake Diesel. Yeah. Fake. It's not... <laughs> yeah, not not imposter. Not Diesel 2. You yeah. know? <laughs> fake, fake Diesel. That's literally just from like podcasts, like saying that just because it was like the interpretation of what it is. Fake. Uh, number 24, great pickup. I actually like this one and he's a lot of fun and he's also on the shotgun. I think the night before this. Yep. Terry Funk. Yeah, out of nowhere. Yep. They, they're like, you know what? Terry's lighting it up in EC Dub. Let's Fuck bring it. him in. Yep. Right. I guess his horse wasn't sick this time. Yeah. He gets into a great brawl with Mankind at this, his that old rival. That makes sense that Mankind eliminated and, him. And friend, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Number 25 is the very meandering Rocky Maivia. Yeah, not big star yet. No. Again, like, you know, he was always famous, we knew, from the <laughs> day one when we were training him in a barn or whatever. Boo! Yeah. <laughs> no one even cared. Meanwhile, Bruce is like, uh, Dr. Tom in, like, sweatpants. Sweat is like, you're going to be good one day, Rock, as he's, like, messing his arm up. Putting him in, like, a chicken wing. <laughs> yeah. Number 26, Mankind is another big star. Pretty yep. big star for mm -hmm. them. Number 27, Flash Funk, who is not a big star. Not at all. Uh, Too Cold Scorpio would have been nice, but we got Flash Funk instead. Number 28, the renaissance of Vader in 97. Yes. And I'm okay with this. I will always say this, and I'm speaking in kayfabe, don't get mad, that Paul Bearer picked up the pieces where Jim Cornette dropped the ball with Vader's career. It's true. He was shitty with him. Well, Jim Cornette's... Oh, Vader, my motherfucker, Vader! Look at my Vader, motherfucker! And everyone's like, can you calm the As fuck As we've down? explained, Jim Cornette was just not successful in the WF. That's Mr. It. Fuji was doing all the work, and then when Mr. Fuji's like, I leave now, and then, like, Jim Cornette's like, I don't know what to do, motherfucker, and then he just sucks, and he starts announcing and then bitching about WCW. That's the best part. Yeah. Anyway, Vader had just beaten The Undertaker this very night, so this yeah. is like, he's hot here. Uh, number 29, Henry Godwin. The hog. The hog. I don't mind him. Mm -hmm. I actually really don't mind Hank. Henry Godwin. Yeah, good old Hank. As only Vince McMahon would call him. Vince <laughs> yeah. oh. is literally the only person I ever heard call him Hank Godwin. I think you're right. And number 30, an ominous presence, The Undertaker. The Undertaker. The Undertaker. Yeah. So we know the ending here. Let's just talk about it real quick. The ending is one of actually my favorite endings of a Royal Rumble because it's it's controversial in a way that is good and keeps you coming back for more the next night on Raw. Yes, it was a really well done. Now, by the way, Austin had racked up 10 eliminations, was undoubtedly the star of this Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. All the things he was doing between waiting for people to come out, checking his imaginary watch, which is like a famous gift now, yeah. doing push-ups at one point, and the best is when it 
it's just Austin and Bret Hart, and Austin does this priceless reaction. Yeah, that is per- that's Pat Patterson like one on one. Pat Patterson's all over this. Raw Nailed Rumble. it. Yeah, the final four is great. So Austin, for the record here, gets eliminated. Right by Bret Hart. Correct. This is why this Rumble this is good. good. This is why people like this Rumble yes. because it, it's this is anytime a Royal Rumble gets to do something that it didn't do before, it's always popular. Yep, and, right? and here fir- and here's the fir- here's a first here. Absolutely, the referees are all busy breaking up this Terry Funk Mankind brawl. Yeah, no one sees it. Austin slides back in. It's smartly booked. You yep. see, there's a reason too why they miss it. Yep, because this commotion over they're, here. They're not just dumb. You yeah. know what I mean. Brett has meanwhile eliminated fake Diesel on his own. Mm-hmm. Austin sneaks in, eliminates Brett, and Austin wins. No, no. Wait a minute here. And now the refs are done breaking yep. that horse shit up. As far as they know, Austin won. Now we, the fans, and the sixty thousand in the Houston Dome or whatever that place is. Yeah, the Houston Dome, whatever that's, is that's San Antonio area zone, Alamo Dome. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Remember the Alamo, the Dome. zone. Anyway, they they see it. They're like, "What the fuck, man!" Yep. Like you know, everybody sees it, but the six hundred refs breaking up the fucking mankind shit. Yep, which are the only people that matter. That's the only people that matter. The final four, as we well know, had been Steve Austin, Bret Hart, The Undertaker, and Vader. The next night on Raw, real quick epilogue here, because it needs it on this. Mm-hmm. Bret Hart quits. Right. You know, Wait, fuck you. I've been screwed. I quit. Which, on one hand, he's sort of right. On the other hand, he sounds like a big fucking baby. Like, it's he like, does. dude, have you fucking been here before? But he like, is look, right. at, look at this fucking place. Like, this kind of horse shit happens all the time. But not to him. Yeah. See the thing? Oh, I'm a face. But he's Fuck pissed you. off. I'm a good person he's or whatever. Alri- well, you let me. He's already pissed off from getting screwed at the fucking it's time. Yeah. Well, now, it was time. Now he fairly eliminates Austin. No <laughs> one notices. And he's like, what the fuck do I have to do? Right. You know, he so, was beat. I know. So that leads to Grill Monster. Like, All right, fine. No, please don't quit. We're yeah. going to make a final four match. And the winner will fight Shawn Michaels or whomever is a WWF champion. By the way, I, I remember in that announcement, I felt like Gorilla didn't even fucking know what a final four was because nope, they, they never it did up. it before. Yeah, they made it up. We're going to do this fucking match with four people. <laughs> I don't fucking know. We'll figure it out as we go. <laughs> and now in an interesting uh, footnote here before we move on, this is the first Royal Rumble and it's happened after this. Where the winner did not go on to WrestleMania to get the world title shot. Right. It's an interesting just little bit of trivia. Okay. So here's the here's the deal, right? So they go in the I guess we should just do the epilogue, right? Because yeah. so like the final four happens. But it's right? not just now, for the title now shot. It's, it's so the final four you're thinking, okay, it's like we're gonna redo the Royal Rumble, yep. right? But there's a stupid little caveat here. Shawn Michaels gives up the belt or whatever. Yeah, it's very tragic. Yeah. Very, his, very sad. Tell me a lie. Yeah, um, he so did. Shawn Michaels gives up the belt, dances away. Okay, bye. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, this all of early 97, it's not the injury, it's that Shawn Michaels is dancing too much. A lot of dancing. The, 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 he just, he's like, do-do-do, and he just leaves, right? Maybe that's how he heard So his the name. title is now vacant. Good. And then the final four, and then Bret Hart wins it. Yes. And, and Austin gets fucked again. And then... then <laughs> I mean, like, seriously. Austin like, didn't get fucked. Austin cheated to begin with. He won the Royal Rumble. Not fairly. <laughs> I understand so that. So he fucked Bret. Now he, they're even. They can't um, rule something that they don't see. Fine. Joe. The next night, though, 
Bret Hart loses the title to Sid because of Austin. Because also Sid was owed a shot yes. because he was supposed to fight Al My Leg, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> exactly. So, so all of this adds up to a pretty fun Royal Rumble. Right. It's not the best one I've ever seen. The roster is... Mm, I mm. do... The final note I do want to say... Go ahead. And Gorilla does say this. Yeah. It's real. He's like, now and forever in the history books because Gorilla's big on the history books. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin did officially yes. win the 1997 Rumble. He is the winner. You're right about like, that. He he, does, and he, I trust Gorilla. And Gorilla says he, it's, the, it's like, even though we're doing this Final Four shit, Austin, Austin won. He is the Royal Rumble winner. <laughs> that is true. So, like, we, that's why. So, shut up, Bret That's Hart. why they say shit like Stone Cold is a three-time Royal Rumble winner, if you're, like, confused yes, about that. He did win the Royal Rumble. Right. All right. That was number one. We're going to see where that one ranks as time goes on. Yeah. I don't think it'll be very high, but it is a fun one. I, it's creative. It, it's one of the more creative ones they yep. ever did. And Austin's got a great performance in it, so there's some good stuff. But let's find out who drew number two. Well, the announcer has yet to announce exactly who won the Royal Rumble. 1994. 1994. I'm even more surprised, I think, that this edged its way into more the More ambiguous winner ones. I guess because it's kind of creative yeah. and kind of uh, memorable, right? I mean, I, I guess I get it. Sort of. So we, the, we just reviewed this. We just reviewed this a few months ago, folks. Yeah. I'm checking in the archives on Patreon. So this one is, is a little bit easier to explain. January 22nd, 94, the beautiful Providence Civic Center in Providence. Uh, lovely. Providence. Lovely area. <laughs> and uh, this Royal Rumble, again, same stakes. Mm -hmm. That had started in 93. The winner goes on to WrestleMania to fight whoever the champion is for the world title. This one is interesting because it's the first one that is not an hour. Mm. Right before the match, and I, and I believe this is due to time constraints, Vince McMahon says to everybody, it's going to be every 90 seconds that we have an entrant. However, given time constraints, Jack Tunney is here, and he's ruled every minute and a half. Yeah? Good. So let's run them down, Quinn. Number one, the very unmotivated, and rightfully so by this point, Scott Steiner. Just wants to go back to college. <laughs> Number two, a hero of the OVP 1983 yep. canon, Samu. He was getting ready to look for Lex Luger. At that bar. You know, at that bar. At the yeah. Daily News or whatever. Yeah. Number three, because the Steiners didn't want to fight each other, is Rick Steiner. Cool. That's so stupid. <laughs> I know. Literally, they could have had it. their demolition moment. I know. I think that's what they that's wanted. Samu's in the way. <laughs> Number four, Quang. The very dangerous Quang. Very Mr. dangerous. Now, he was a sub for somebody. I can't remember who specifically. Off Quang my head. is very sub. Like, <laughs> in just, many ways, in many meanings of the word. Yeah. Substitute. Yeah. Blow. Yes. All, all of the ways. <laughs> Number five, the brand new heel, Owen Hart. Which I think people forget Owen's in this because it's more focused on Brett. Yeah, right? Owen's briefly in it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But Owen gets a big heel reaction when he comes mm -hmm. out. It worked, man. Number six, Bart Gunn. How is he in this one, too, by the way? Did you notice that? Is he in both? <laughs> making a repeat appearance. Jeez. Number seven is where it gets interesting. This is what's good. Diesel. So Diesel. Diesel, at this point, is rather newish. He's right? newish. He, he debuted in June. Right. Just as a bodyguard, too. It, like, he wasn't... They didn't kind of explain that he was a wrestler. No, I don't believe he started wrestling until, I want to say, the fall yeah. of 93. And more just as like a crony for Shawn Michael. Look, he's big. A very but, crony. Know. Didn't have the jackknife initially. Yeah. Right? By now he might have. I can't remember. 
But yeah, very crony. He won with like a punch. Remember, they were always hyping up how he had good punching or something. Well, because he's he's you he's know he's a bodyguard. I mean, you got to have a good punch if you're a bodyguard. It's true, and he's a truck driver. I mean, and you who, gotta... who the fuck power bombs someone in a bar? Oh, I'm sure it happens. <laughs> I'm sure someone's attempted it. I'm sure it doesn't work very often. Folks, if you or somebody you know has ever seen a power bomb in a bar, please write to us. Care of OVP Podcast Barroom Brawls, Ogden, Utah. Anyway. So, Diesel's in, and this is where it gets good, because the following people, and Diesel is already eliminated by this point, Bart Gunn, right before the next guy comes out. Mm-hmm. He's already eliminated Owen Hart. He has already eliminated Quang. And then number- Quang's easy. Quang's very easy. Very dangerous. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Bobby Backlund. Yeah. <laughs> I got my vote. I'm hey, sorry. Bobby wow. wow. He's gone. Yep. Diesel gets rid of him. Billy Gunn. Sorry, Billy Gunn fact, but yeah. yep. Quickly disposes of Billy Gunn. Uh, Billy Gunn's uh, just only building his career at this point. Bill. Bill. <laughs> building Gunn. Get it? Yeah. Thanks. Number 10, an alternate, Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> Still here. Still here, all of 94. Yeah. Well, the key word there is McManus, alternate. Yeah, Virgil made his mistake long ago when he left me. See what I mean? And then finally, Diesel's run of terror comes to an end because making another wrestling appearance on pay-per-view, finally, Macho Man Randy Savage. He's definitely earned it. He's able to like ward him off long enough that people can come out, you know? <laughs> to be fair, he's a fucking macho man. I know. Like, he has like no problem with Diesel. Remember he pinned him at Survivor Series easily? Yeah. Like I'm telling you, like <laughs> Randy Savage, people tend to forget. Like they always think, oh, he just sits at a table. And and rightfully so, you think that. But when he does wrestle, it's always like he's like ultra kayfabe powerful, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like, no, no, no. He could like probably beat Bret Hart, no issue. Yeah, he like, almost beat Yoko after yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, he could do it. He's still the macho man. He's still the fucking macho man. He's <laughs> yeah. just nicer now or yeah. something. Uh, then your favorite Quinn comes out, Jeff Jarrett. Ugh. Randy Savage eliminates him. Then comes Crush. Now, I want to make a mention here, Quinn, and you and I, I know we agree on this, despite a lot of the things we say about Crush, and all of them are true. The build with this whole Crush Macho Man feud up to up to WrestleMania mm-hmm. is excellent. The intensity. Although, the one thing I will say about it, I think Macho Man's hate for Crush is a little like overblown. Why? He attacked just- him. So that happens to him all the time. He's a fucking wrestler. He wasn't. Remember, he was an announcer, and he had to like come out of announcer I don't know. I always, retirement. I did, it, it's not. I think the feud's good. I just I, my only critique is it feels like rushed or something. Like all of a sudden, it's like Crush is the worst human. Like it's just what? It's, it's just a typical. I mean, sneak attack me feud. Randy Savage isn't exactly the most stable person to True. begin with. So I don't know why this triggered him more. I guess he didn't it, like. He doesn't yeah. like being turned on by his yeah. friends. I guess so. Then. Comes Doink the Clown. This is, hi, I'm Doink! <laughs> yeah, this is not the good Doink. No, this is where Dink says, yeah. Boy, I can't wait. I'm so excited. How about you, little buddy? Yeah. <laughs> I like this because I remember the next guy, Bam Bam Bigelow at good. number 15. Yeah. Just throws him out over his head, remember? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. And Dink. Yeah. Yeah. Then comes Mabel, another big man. Yeah. Very big mom. Now, Mabel's your, your classic, okay, who's the biggest, fattest person in this yep. thing? We all got to work <laughs> together to get rid of him. After Mabel is Thurman Sparky Plug, who <laughs> had who? <laughs> he had not debuted on TV yet, yeah. just vignettes, and he is here as a sub for one, two, three kids. Still Thurman. Very Thurman. Yeah, not Bob. No, no, no Holly either. Yeah. Just Thurman Plug. 
<laughs> what a great name. He was definitely going to get over with that. thought that this would work? Vince. This is like the worst thing. I, this is the classic. Do you remember when like in the mid 90s that everyone was trying to like make NASCAR out to be like fucking the next NFL or I mean, something? It is in the South, isn't it? No, but I'm not saying that. But Send your point, cards and letters to Michael Quinn. It's not. This isn't a knock on NASCAR. Yes, it is. This is the idea that like something new, like NASCAR, NASCAR, it wasn't, not, it wasn't new, but it was gaining popularity, right? Yeah. The thought process is like, this is going to be bigger than the NFL was like. Did anyone think that? They were they were acting like it. I don't and, think and, and so. All these other people were trying to get in on the fucking action, just like they try to do now with DraftKings and like all that horse shit. Like, <laughs> d- d- like you know, WWF wanted to have a fucking car like WCW and all of them. Like everyone had a fucking car. It was <laughs> like the Matrix had a car. It was like, poor. Like, you know, like any, any fucking movie, TV show, whatever. Can I just tell you this gimmick sucks ass? Yeah, <laughs> it stinks name. my butt. Did they really think like, man, we're gonna have the Thurman Sparky plug car? At the, right. <laughs> everyone's gonna know what that is. <laughs> it's like, like, who the fuck? Why don't you have the fucking cares? Hulk Hogan or Macho right. Man car? Macho Man, yeah. Bret Hart car, yeah. In kilometers. Yeah. Shawn Michaels car, even. Yeah. Like, just hope it doesn't get into an accident. It, you it's know? gonna lose a wheel. But anyway, <laughs> number eighteen, Shawn Michaels. Speaking yeah. of him, pretty big star by this point. Yeah. Getting there. Right? right, nice feud going with Razor Ramon. So some good star power. Number nineteen, Mo. Always welcome. I have no problem with Mo. No issues with Mo. I used to think he was pointless, but I realized You're Mo very, very good, very great wrestler. He is twenty. I like this. I know it's not important, but I just happen to like the guy, and he gets a nice <sighs> face reaction. Greg Valentine. Yep. The Herman Greg Valentine. Making a comeback looking up, here, looking like he's picking the kids up at the pool. He- <laughs> In his trunks. Yeah. Number 21, Tatanka. Eh. Mm. Tatanka, like, he's really phasing out by this his point. 94 sucks. Yeah. yeah. Number 22. Cool. The great Kabuki. Half the crowd's like, who? The yeah, rest know, of the crowd's literally. like, I remember him on those crappy episodes of um, World, World Class. Class. Yeah. <laughs> Stunk. He would have been good to do if you're in World Class territory, not in Providence. Yeah. You know? Anyway, uh, number 23, Lex Luger, the other big star here. Express. Oh, Very he Express. Is. So Lex is on a, in a weird state right now. He's like kind of yeah, Rhode Island. He's losing, <laughs> he's losing momentum. Absolutely, but rapidly. On the other hand, like this is his opportunity is to it, regain though. some momentum, right? This is like put up or shut up though, right. at this point. Because I would say that you know at this he does put up, he does gain a little momentum here. Tiny, yeah, tiny, yeah. I'll give you that. After him at twenty four is Teneru. Yeah, Teneru. He's like a stalwart though. We got him at Rumble ninety three. We got him at WrestleMania seven. I don't 7. like him. <laughs> Ever, I'll never forgive him after that whole fucking shit with Demolition. Oh, and Fred Catal. Yeah. yeah, I know. You hate he it. He had to bring in Fred Catal and like <laughs> Hantel or whatever his name is. Yeah, Hantel. <sighs> Silly name for a Japanese wrestler. Yep. Fred. Number then, 20. Go ahead. Th- this one is weird because this one doesn't even show up. Next. Right. So number 25 was supposed to be Bastion Booger, but no one comes out. And of course, you know, everyone's thinking, oh, Bret Hart. Clearly. Right. This is actually very good. Very good book. It works out, but isn't it true also or not? No. Oh, I thought Bastion Booger just like like was hurt or something. There's no way that wasn't storyline. Okay. I don't think anyway. Uh, number 26, Ricky Martel making another Royal Rumble appearance. And, and <laughs> if you listen closely to radio, you can yeah, probably you hear. Can hear Gorilla from a distance. He held the record! 
former record holder. It's like, shut up. <laughs> if we had the tapes, Richard, Richard, I guarantee you he says it on it. I'm trying to gut mate. I'm trying to gut him for 10 years now. Yeah. Nobody fucking has the bloody things. <laughs> Number 27. We get the uh, buzzer. No one comes out a little bit. And then all of a sudden, through the curtain, limping. Oh, is it? It's Brad Hart! It's Brad Hart! I can't believe it! I just can't believe it! Now, Bret Hart gets the biggest reaction since Savage. Right. You know? uh, Savage, by the way, a huge reaction when he came out. It's true. So, Bret Hart comes out. Great pop for him. Gets in, immediately gets his ass kicked, obviously, because he can barely walk. Right. Number 28, the very capable Fatu. Yes. I like him. Fatu's good in this I, one. really good. Yeah. Then, I also like this booking. Marty Jannetty comes out at 29, immediately goes after Shawn Michaels. Right. I love that. And then on the Coliseum, just for the record, it cuts to Ray Rougeau with Crush. Remember, he's like, Crush, you were in the Royal Rumble for 26 minutes. And then Savage comes in like with this flannel and yeah. beats up Crush. Remember? That's weird. <laughs> I've never seen Macho Man look like that before. A little grunge rock style there. A little Neil Young. You know uh, what I'm saying? You know, I'm, I'm hip. This is what they're wearing now. I like Nirvana, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Could you imagine like like that kind of like grunge savage? <laughs> they should have to adapt him to that in WCW when they when they adapted him. <laughs> that would have been great, actually. Yeah. Uh, it smells like teen spirit. Yeah. You know, fuck Raven. <laughs> the macho man's here. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Raven. Yeah. <laughs> Just say that. that on Nitro. Yeah. You know, fuck Raven. Bye. I like Nirvana more than him. I like Pearl Jam a little bit too. Sound Garden. Yeah. Not Savage Garden. Anyway, number 30, Adam Bomb. He stinks. He's really like, he's one of those things in 1994 where I really just wish it never happened. Like, I just don't like him. <laughs> I, I really don't, Joe. You like him as a face? No, I don't like him at all. I never liked him. Why Even not? as a face, he stunk in 1995. Why don't you like him? It's really the whole, like, he was born on Three Mile Island thing. I just, I don't, that is the dumbest shit ever. I think we've talked about him. He has a isn't great- it like, Isn't that like an actual impossibility? There's yeah, like no, no residential homes there. or no. like or, or hospitals or anything. Fucking power plant. Yeah, it's Nuclear. like an actual fucking power. Yeah, like- it, the island exists purely to have a power plant yes, on it. That's like, why it's on an island. Yeah. We've talked about Adam Bomb, though. Great look, and that's it. Yeah. No wonder he teamed with Born Crush Born on Three Mile Island. Born on Three Mile Island. He quickly gets eliminated. So the final four in this one, I love it. Lex Luger, right? Mm-hmm. Big star. Bret Hart, big star. Mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels, pretty big star. And Fatu. Yeah, Fatu. <laughs> Hanging Good. in there. Good. And we have a, a nice little ending where there's a double whip that happens by the heels. It gets reversed and the faces wind up backdropping. I always like that spot out. too. Nice little ending. We're down to Bret Hart and Lex Luger. The crowd is ready, right? We're getting some good action We're here. Gonna finally know who's better. They're going to duke it out. They go towards the ropes, and they both fall over at the exact same time. Unbelievable. it up. And Luger. That's Bret Hart. And now. It's Luger. Luger through. Luger through Bret Hart out. I don't know. We get a few replays. Meanwhile, Fink announces Luger as the winner. Yeah. People start booing after a few seconds. <laughs> Music dies down. He then announces Brett as the winner. People start cheering. The referees are like, oh, I don't know. Finally, Jack Tunney comes out. Ah, fuck. They both fucking won. 
That's how it ends. The WrestleMania music plays and everyone's kind of like, yeah, the Wrestle music, WrestleMania music playing at the end is very like sad. I know. In a weird way. Everyone's like, like, wait, what? They just get the theme music. (laughs) That's it. Horrible. Now the epilogue to this one, um, pretty well known, obviously, is that we have a coin toss. Yep. Jack Jack Tunney decides we have a coin toss. Yep. We're going to have two people wrestling for the world title at WrestleMania. Bret Hart and Lex Luger. They both run the Rumble. They're both going to get a shot. To make it fair, the person who loses the coin toss has to fight like in some other match. Yep. Thankfully, Luger won the coin toss or else we had would have had to see him fight Crush, which oh, would have sucked. Woof. So instead... Could we- you imagine? <laughs> no, I can't. Could you imagine they I said can't. like, well, I guess Owen and Bret are going to have to wait for some yeah, other right? time to fight, right? You're going to get that Luger-Crush like, match. Fernwood on Raw or something. <laughs> so instead we get uh, Bret Owen Opening WrestleMania, Luger Yoko. Luger looks like a big doofus. They fucking lay around in a nerve hold for a long time. And then obviously, Bright takes on Yoko, wins the belt at WrestleMania. The Rumble is uneven. Right. The, the good part is the diesel bit. And then a, a bit later, towards the end, it picks up again. It's pretty dead in the middle. It's a weird ho hum Royal Rumble, in my opinion. It's pretty ho hum. But with that said, it's time to rank. So we've only got two to choose from, obviously. My gut is probably telling me that I think I like 97 more. I was going to say the same thing. I'm in like 100% agreement. Raw Rumble 94 has got an interesting ending, but I think 97 has got an even better ending. Yeah. Also, I think like you said, the Raw 94 Raw Rumble is very whatever it's until uneven. the end. But 97 has got this weird quality of like, yeah, there's less good people in it, but also there's a lot of horse shit going on right there's a lot there's also the chaos of like early 97 kind of like unfolding here yes you're absolutely right and truthfully a lot of the crap in the 97 one is in for a minute yeah not even good latin lover (laughs) cybernetico and all them you know a lot of guys are only in for like a couple of minutes at most rook's only in for like 40 seconds yeah savio vega's not in long jake roberts phineas they really don't waste time like the people who are good are in for a while like owen is in for eight minutes Bulldog in for eight minutes. You Brian know what Hart's I mean? in a long time. Stone Cold's in for like the whole fucking thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, 45 minutes. Brent Hart's Hart. in for 21 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's people in here for a while. Yeah. So the roster, though, we definitely give the advantage, I think, Quinn, to 94 on the roster, mm-hmm. right? But over, and the diesel. But this is like the Austin version in 97. So yeah. you get that again. Right. And Austin's funny. Yeah. And the Bret Hart feud. Not to mention you're in a dome. You got you got a big crowd. I don't know. I think ninety seven takes the crown here, the number one yeah. temporarily. You know what? Whatever. I think it does. I think yeah. ninety four. I'm actually a little surprised ninety four made it. I mean, I don't mind it. It's not horrible. Yeah, ninety four. Right? We agree. Yeah, but I would. I don't think I would have put it in my top ten. No, would you. I, I don't think I would. I don't even know if I'd put ninety seven in my top ten. But <sighs> yeah, but right, right. If we're ranking between just those two, if if for some reason you know they deleted from history all the all the Royal Rumbles, and these are the only two, yeah. I would definitely say 1997. If this was the only two we could ever choose from, yeah. 1997 as well. Yeah. I think that's an easy one. I think that's yeah. an easy start here. Mm-hmm. I like them both probably equally, but I think I like 97 maybe better, yeah. It really is the like the chaos, even though 94 yeah. has its own chaos with the ending. Yeah, it's a good ending too. 1997, like early 1997, is one of those time periods, like the whole WrestleMania season, Yep, it's actually one of my favorite favorite like buildups to WrestleMania, even though the WrestleMania itself stinks. Yeah, except for the one thing. It's got one of the best 
go home shows. Sure. It's got like all the shows leading up to it for the most part. All the shows leading up to it are fantastic. It's just a shame that WrestleMania Heat is garbage. It really is. Yeah. But Royal Rumble 97's match, yeah. I'm going to give it the edge. I'm it's a, with you. It's a good start to the season of the of WrestleMania. It is, and it's nice seeing Terry Funk there. He, yeah. Really, I like him there. It leads to a fantastic Final Four pay-per-view. Yep, which leads to a great match at uh, WrestleMania 13 mm-hmm. with Bret and Austin. Sure. Okay, let's do it then. So for week number one, the best Royal Rumble of all time right now, 1997, followed up at number two by Royal Rumble 1994. Folks, we want you to let us know what you think, which one's better and why. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, speaking of January of 1997, we've got an episode of WWF Raw to review. That's right. Yeah, Monday Night Raw, January 97 is coming up right after this. Well, here it is, folks, the Alamo Dome, the site of tonight's 1997 Royal Rumble. And good morning to you, everybody. I'm Jim Ross, and thanks for being with us here on Sunday Morning Superstars. And no doubt we are all about to be a part of a record-setting night. Not only will the World Wrestling Federation uh, just shatter the attendance record for this magnificent facility, but history is going to be made in the ring. You know, folks, I've had the privilege of being in the wrestling industry for 25 years, and I can tell you from the bottom of my heart, that I have never been a part of anything that has created this much excitement, this much enthusiasm, and this much intensity. You can almost sense that somewhere in here there'll be a, a family seeing the World Wrestling Federation for the very first time. And you got to know the look on those youngsters' faces is going to be priceless as they see their heroes compete in the squared circle. This event is about intensity. It's about athleticism. No doubt this will be the greatest event in the history of the World Wrestling Federation. Tonight, it's the Royal Rumble. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here, episode 251. Hello there, Michael. Hi. We're reviewing something. Right. Yeah. And folks, we are allowing you to just keep pouring the suggestions in. We have a pinned uh, post on our Facebook group called Specific Episode Review Requests. All you got to do is put a link to it if it's on the internet or put what show it is. And Richard Land is actually doing the schedule for us. It's all in Richard's hands. We have nothing to do with this now. We literally check the schedule to see what we're reviewing. I just open up this spreadsheet thing and I just go. And I love that. Thank you, Richard, because we kind of both get surprised then. Yeah. Like, oh, what are we doing? Right. I have no idea. I just, I hit the, uh, we have it bookmarked. I just hit the button and we go. That's it. And this time around, the spreadsheet tells us that we are reviewing WWF Monday Night Raw. January 27th, 1997. If you want to watch it on the Peacock, it is under Season 5, Episode 4. I need to get rid of that. <laughs> I, I still can't believe... I really don't understand what denotes season. Is it just year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's odd. And this one was suggested by Connor McGrath. Big fan of the show. Thank you, Connor. 
So, Quinn, we were just, this is coincidental because the mm-hmm. drawing really is random. Monday Night Raw, obviously, you know what that is. We're, we don't need to run it. It started in January 93. It's, it's better still than on. Bonanza or whatever. It's better than Bonanza and it's still on. Yeah. We kind of just covered all the background. So yeah. we don't, this actually worked out nice. Yeah. We don't need to give you the background. This is eight days after the 1997 Royal Rumble. So one week ago is when all the shit went down we were talking about right. with Brett on Raw. And we will talk about that. So I guess the only thing to, to refresh people with, or maybe their new Quinn, What's the pre-attitude attitude era to you again? It's the era where it's like, it's not really the attitude era. Right. It's just kind of like the, everything's getting a little chaotic and spicy. It's and, start- and, you know. Yeah, spicy. There's still like new gen people. Oh, you yeah. Know, like they still remain, but Austin's like causing all this fucking trouble and yep. stuff. Raw's still like an hour. Yeah, like Raw's still an hour. It's still like Raw's got a mix of like, shitty people and Austin and Brett and you know Sean and people Sean yeah. and you know all the people you know and love Undertaker yep mankind yeah like that kind of thing so yeah that's kind of where we're at also I want to mention and I think this is why this was requested this is the final one hour episode is it yeah so that I think is why we're doing it ready to see what we have on tap sure let's do it so we open with the red sky you know version of the, the world wrestling federation is good for 50 years you know that the World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. For 50 years, but not really. Yeah, no. We're not Goldust Trio. We're don't, not sure. Don't bring that up. Yeah. We immediately then open with Bret Hart being Bret Hart. <laughs> I've been screwed by Shawn Michaels, the boy toy. I've been screwed by Shawn Michaels, the boy toy. Very typical. <laughs> the boy toy in 97. Hey, um, no Joe, one called him that. I just want to point out. People shit on Sean, but come on, man. This is a character, though. I know. This isn't real. Yeah, well. They shit I, on Sean for real I, things I, that I he does. I watch the wrestling with shadows. Shut and up. He, he does. You know, screw me. You know? And <laughs> Anyway. Julie. <laughs> you got a sternum? Like, Julie, do you have a sternum? Yeah. Fuck you. I hate you. <laughs> um, he's been screwed by Stone Cold. Right. He's been screwed by the WWF. And he's been screwed by Vince, so last week he quit. Like a big baby. That's right. Who would just leave when they have a match coming up because they don't want to wrestle in it? I don't know. It? Who anyway, would? Austin then got on the mic to say that, oh, Brad Stonson's coming back as the cry. I love Austin because yeah. he's just speaking the truth. Yeah, he's just like, fuck these people. Like, I know. Like, he's still an asshole, yeah. but he's honest. He, he is true. He <laughs> is speaking the truth. He is. And then Gorilla's like, yo, fuck all of you. We're going to have a final four. You know? Yeah. And- I don't know what the fuck that is. We'll figure it out. It's going to be like the Royal Rumble, but you can pin or something. I don't know. I put together a very unique match. The Undertaker, Vader, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Brett the Hitman Hart. I like Gorilla by 97. He's like fed up with all the bullshit. Yeah, he's just like, if some shit goes down, he just like, it's like he gets to fuck. You know what? Fuck you. (laughs) You know, we're just going to do this thing and then you're just going to resolve it. Just deal with it. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Get too old for this shit. Yeah. The winner is going to face Shawn Michaels, you know, unless Shawn loses something. Then all four guys in the final four brawled. Yeah, it's completely out of control, McMahon. It is. <laughs> yes, it is. And then Vince and King hype it up as we get the classic Raw theme. They went back to that. At, right. Remember they switched in 95. They're like, it's more retro or instead of dun, 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 we filmed this shit <laughs> on the roof. 
It sucked. Yeah. That song sucked. <laughs> you hate it. Sucked. The footage, though, Great. believe it or not, was used for years and years to come. They would, like, the recycle it. Yeah. The cops at the gate and all yeah, that. Yeah, all they, that was used in the, tri- the, the in classic the attitude. Yep. They did. To your dog. Another bumper. Woof, woof. Like, yeah. all that shit. Like, all was reused. Rough. Yeah. Anyway, we get that classic theme. But, when it has, like... The 1996-97 intro. It's not Damien Demento. Yeah, yeah. All those people are gone. It's edgier. Yeah. You know? Anyway, we go to the arena where the pyro is blasting off. As I see a kid with an NWO shirt. At least this crowd looks all right since people are starting to catch on that shit is happening in wrestling in general. Good point. Yep. Ahmed Johnson's music hit so he can come out to face Crush. Not a good start. Way to, like, (laughs) kill the crowd right away, right? Yes. So King references the Patriots from this last weekend. Which is where I figured out, without even looking it up first, that this Raw is pre-taped. Mm-hmm. What they do with this is they do the commentary live from Stanford. Right. They sound like they're in a booth. Yeah, they are. Fasten your seatbelt, everyone, because we're going to have some action. Ahmed Johnson. And I got to say, they did a good job with the mixing because when they're talking at ringside, the, yep. the, the sound does sound similar. It does. They actually, they got I'm a sure lot better. I'm sure you could hear it, Joe, yes. like with your ears. Immediately. I actually was having a tough time discerning the difference. Right. I was like, wow, that's actually like well done. They did a good job here. Yeah. We uh, now talk about how Savio Vega just turned on Ahmed Johnson of MSG this weekend. Anyway, the crowd kind of cares about Ahmed here as we cut to Vincent King at the table, like one was saying in a live shot. Jerry the King Lawler, what an unbelievable night of raw action you're going to see. King has the black Sergeant Pepper coat. Vince has that 96, 97, like, blue suit with no tie. You know the deal. I know. Vince acknowledges the Spanish announcers <laughs> for fun. Yeah. Hugo Spinanovich is yeah. here and all them. Carlos Cabrera and Hugo yeah. Spinach Dick. I can uh, never, to this day, Savinovich. I can never say his name right. Savinovich. You, you could tell me that fifth is Spavena Svinovich. I, I can't dip. say it. I can't <laughs> say it. Howard Finkel, still the Raw ring announcer here, as we now get clips of MSG from WWF's lone handheld camera. Nice you know of, the deal. Nice of them to do this on TV. <laughs> this weird era where they're like, hey, let's do important story shit on like on a house show. I think it's to try to sell the fact that anything can still happen in the I house know, show. I know, but you shouldn't do story. Like, this is a Why? very highly specific story thing. It's just Savio Vega. <laughs> but it's somebody joining something. Like yeah. it, it's gonna affect how entrances are for, yeah. for a year. <laughs> yeah, you need to like do that on Raw. I'm sorry. So at this match here, Savio was teaming with Ahmed, but he said "fuck it," turned on him. Farouk kicked Ahmed's ass, and then the Nation of Domination music hits. Thirty nine people storm out. The lady is gone by now. <laughs> I miss the lady. I know. Where's the lady? The lady was always the phantom. Like, oh, this makes them seem like there's like a, a lot real of thing. <laughs> like I always thought, like, oh, it's like a movement. You know, yeah. you got boys and girls in it. Right. Like, you know, not just not just a bunch of dudes. The lady's gone. Might be wrestlers or football players. I'm not sure. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, JC Ice and Wolfie D are still there, but they're not rapping. And then Crush and his stupid fake tattoo storm down the aisle. I know, be shit. Crush is here. Yeah, like how is he still employed, Joe? Like seriously, he's so useless at this point. What do they really? In all seriousness, what did he bring to the table? I don't know. This version specifically, 96, 97. They thought it would have heat. That like, oh, he really went to prison. He he's yeah. got to be a badass, right? Like, right. This isn't very good. I want to like him. I really do, but he's just not very good. Yeah. Uh, we now get a clip of Sid. <laughs> this is great. We're at Webster Hall on the last shotgun. Sid just going after the entire nation with a chair. That was good. Good. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't. I don't have a problem I don't, with I Sid. I don't like this nation. 
No, this is the worst version. Sid going after the crusty nation. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with it's that. It's fine. Crush. Yeah. The crushy they nation. They don't even have Savio yet. No. They're not even full crust. No. It's only Crush. Until Crush joined, Farouk was like the only wrestler in you this know, thing. You know, I always thought was the weirdest part about this what? is like Clarence Mason is dual managing fucking Owen and Bulldog. Yeah. Remember like, he like stole the contract from Cornette. And what's the weirdest part about all of that is Owen and Bulldog are literally, they have no fucking association with the Nation of Dominion. No. They are like, who are they? Yeah, they're like, like, we, we're doing our thing here. Yeah. You know, we don't need <laughs> They it. don't even like interact no. with them. They don't, like, they don't even live in the same fucking universe as the Nation of Domination. I kind of like that, though. Yeah. It's like Clarence has two totally different things going yeah, on. Yeah, they never ever cross paths. And he also, you know, by the way, he had Owen and Bulldog first. Yes. Before the nation, which is even funnier. But why would Cla also Clarence is the wise one? Why would he get rid of the guys that have all the gold? They do have those tag yeah. belts and a slammy. Yeah. Don't forget the slammy. Uh, anyway, Crush sneak attacks Ahmed outside because he was following the Doobie Boys, I guess, Ahmed. Uh, we get a bell ding here and Crush keeps hammering on. As Vince mentions that Savio Vega isn't out here. You know, which makes sense because this is pre-taped mm -hmm. so that hadn't happened yet. <laughs> Jimmy Corderas is the referee. No one cares about this match already as we just get lifeless punching Ugh. Irish whip by Ahmed. Sloppy power slam. Ahmed just treating him like a jobber, by the way. Well, he is crush. <laughs> he is crush. Uh, people at ringside are just chuckling. There's like three guys standing there just looking like assholes, like down in front type of thing. What is even this? It's kind of boring. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of it is. Yeah. A scissor kick with a yell by Ahmed here. Wow, he's really kicking Crush's ass. He is. That's fine. Yeah. Kick to the back area by Ahmed and a few more. Back um, area. Back area. Vince McMahon yeah. over here. <laughs> by the way, this is during the raw sign entrance that was still yeah. going on, the mm -hmm. big sign before the, the, the letters. Time. Yeah, the letters. I need letters. Ahmed with a jumping punch in the corner to really mix it up here. Arm ringer and a yelling sidekick to the pectoral area, says Vince. <laughs> What's he going to do? Look out! Right up in the pectoral area. That gets mild applause. Huge Alex Luger-style yelling elbow drop misses. Crush rolls over like he's been in a fucking Iron Man match. We're like two minutes in here. <laughs> he's blown up. Horrible. I'm fucked. <laughs> Shitty inverted atomic by Crush. So dumpy. Awful. Yeah. Like seriously, he, he like barely picked him up. It was terrible. Yeah. I seriously felt like I was watching this on 0.75 speed. You might have been. so slow. No, I wasn't. You sure sadly. you checked the peacock player I there? Checked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, belly to belly by Crush, nicely done, according to Vince and only Vince. We get a shot of an unnamed D'Lo Brown who is yet to wrestle. Or, fuzzy hair. Yeah, fuzzy. Yeah. Um, Lawler asks Vince to count the members at ringside. And then, because of USWA, I love this, he refers to PG-13 as street punks. Like what? He, even though they're heels, right? Like, so he should like them. He's like, they're just street punks. And oh, because he feuded with them or something yep. in USWA. And Vince is like, whatever. Call him a street punk. Whatever. Anyway, we get punches to the kidney by Crush. Can we move it along here? I would hope so, but yeah. apparently not in this match. Uh, by the way, in case this any of this has sounded exciting, I assure you that's coincidental. Absolutely not. This is awful. Speaking of awful, we get a terrible body scissors by Crush for no reason. King then points out how Farouk is like creeping around the entrance. And what we, is this? We see him like peeking and yeah. we go to prank. What was with the sneaky? <laughs> it was so out of character. For Farouk? Like Farouk's usually like in your face. You're like, fuck you! Yeah. He doesn't care. No! Like, he... My favorite part about Farouk during this time, he's not afraid of anyone. Nope. He's he, just like, I'm, I should be the fucking world champion. Yeah. Like, he doesn't care, man. Like, I'm, you know who I am? I'm Ron Simmons, You want to fucking fight Bret Hart? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he actually just straight up challenges yes, his ass. in 97. Like, like, he has no fear of Bret Hart. No. I love it. Anyway, 
After this cliffhanger, we come back to the shitty match where now Crush is somehow on Ahmed's shoulders. All awkward. All awkward. I guess someone has to carry Crush in this match. Yeah, huh? somebody, I guess. Extremely poor electric chair drop by Ahmed. Both guys go down. Crush now with an equally dubious backbreaker for two. I still can't believe they rehired Crush. He yeah. looks terrible in this Awful. match. And Ahmed is not good either, by the way, here. Isn't he, like, Awful. injured or something? I don't know. Isn't he always... That's what I mean. It's like, anytime Ahmed's, like, struggling, I'm always like, oh, he must have, like, hurt his pectoral lateral or some shit. I mean, listen, I like him, but he's a very bad wrestler. Yeah. He is not good. He's sloppy and dangerous looking. Which is weird because it's like, Ahmed is bad in the ring, but his spots are great. He has some good spots and yeah. a great look. You know, some good qualities. But- it seems like if he could just get the in-between the spots better, then he would have been, like, the total package. Yeah. But to put it this way, Crush is a more sound technician in the ring than Ahmed Johnson, sadly. That's not saying much. It's not saying anything. That's not. We're not saying Crush is a technician, trust no, me. No, no, it's just a comparison. Anyway, yeah. Crush heads up to the second rope on the inside. Ahmed staggers up, and Johnson hits a drop kick as Crush is on the way down. It sounded a lot better than it looked, I assure you. Mm-hmm. We now get the Western Union double feature, which is no doubt recommended by JR from NWA 89, right? Mm. Western Union is good. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> Crush <couple> episodes to go. <laughs> Western Union's gone. It's very good. Crush bails out, but Ahmed throws him inside as Corderas is talking to Crush for literally no reason inside. Farouk charges out, done peeking, throws Ahmed into the stairs, then throws him into the ring. Crush then sets up the heart punch. Not a finisher. Stop it. Hate I it. hated... Even as a kid, I could not stand this. I, I, I was like... Why is he using this? Now, in real life, that would hurt like a motherfucker, but it just doesn't look good as a wrestling finish. It's like dog shit on TV. It's not a good wrestling finish. Did he learn that from King? Probably Stan Stasiak. Yeah, I I understand who he's imitating, Joe. Why would King teach him? Because King does punch. Not heart punch. I know, not heart. Unless he's punching Bret Hart. They sell it the same way. It's like, oh, he punched him. That's his move. But in the heart. I hate it. Anyway, he gets the pin. Farouk on the outside. Damn right! (laughs) I love it. Damn right! Even King can't believe the crush won. He's like, he got him! (laughs) Funny. Uh, This was really bad, though, and I'm not kidding. This is really, really, really a bad wrestling match. Mm -hmm. We now get a replay of the exciting action before cutting to Shawn Michaels entering. Good, the WF champ himself. Yeah, good. There he is. Yep. This is the cowboy hat blazer era for the WWF champion here. And a beard, which scares me. That always gets me. Anytime I see a Raw with Shawn with a beard, I put the guard up. Yeah, it's a little dicey. Don't give up the belt, please. Now, King, with a question, he wants to know why people go nuts for Shawn Michaels. Quinn, why do people like him so much? He's got good moves. He's a good wrestler. He thinks he's cute. He he thinks he's cute. He He knows knows he's he's sexy. sexy, Um, You know, he's successful. Now, Um, this is... he He can take it to Brett the Hitman. But he's very annoying, don't you think? Well, with all the dancing and the e ah ooh and I, the God's green earth, I and see ah, it ooh, as ah, ooh, ah, ooh. this is how I see it, Joe. Go ahead. Somebody's got to be like the polar opposite of Brett the Hitman, right? The serious. I'm a, I'm a good wrestler all the time. This guy's a good wrestler, but he's all dancy and and fun, right? And he's charis, charismatic, as they say. Real fun guy. Yeah, yeah. really like him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't even hate Shawn Michaels. Yeah. You know, I don't. I like. He's him. just. He's he's like very intentionally the opposite of Bret Hart. Right, so he needs Bret Hart to exist, is what you mean? Because Bret Hart's the well, standard. Bret Hart needs him to exist too. No, they're, Bret was there first. They're, they're the yin and yang. No, they're not. Actually, Bret was there well before Shawn Michaels. What do you mean? They've been. He a, wasn't. They, he's been there since '85. Shawn's been there since '88. It's not that That's big before, of a difference. Is it before? 
It's before, okay, but I mean, they, they both were like nothing when they were before each other. Bret Hart was a tag champion before Sean even got there. Yeah, well, if you got a three-year jump on Sean, naturally, point. there'll be three years difference naturally. between the two. Yes. They're like brothers, right? It's like Brett's Sibling doing, rivalry. Yeah, Brett's doing it. Everything's three years ahead of Sean. Sean gets the hand-me-downs. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, he heads into the ring to be interviewed by Vince, so you know this is going to really fucking annoy me. I hate when Vince interviews. Ah, Sean Michael! Ah! Yeah, just the grinning the whole time. Vince interviewing him always it. to me is like, Vince seems to like treat him like he's his fucking son. I know. Do you ever notice that? Yes. He's like so proud of him. I hate it. I think it's weird. It sucks. Even as a Shawn Michaels fan, I always found this odd. Thank you. Yeah, I was just like, why are you like, it's like he wants to like hug him. I know. Like it's very, very aggravating. It's very strange. We get the full pyro and everything. King hates it and he says a very ominous line. If he still has that come Thursday, Raw Thursday. Whoa. Finally, the music dies down and Vince talks about how last year at WrestleMania... The boyhood dream came true and a Royal Rumble lived on, blah, blah. However, on February the 13th at Thursday, Raw Thursday, the big rematch has been ordered. Shawn Michaels defends against Sid. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now, Shawn says that this belt, you know, this is no longer a dream. It's reality. I think, actually, I'm, I like that line. I do, too. Because, like, Vince wouldn't shut the fuck up about the boyhood dream all year, and it made Shawn seem like a big baby. Yeah, it made it's like, I like Shawn just like taking the reins and just saying this shit it's just normal now asshole like just like I'm a good wrestler who's like a world title yeah, contender no, like, I like it he needed to just fight this felt like him finally just putting his foot down like, just being like yeah I'm, I'm one of the top guys of course I'm like the world yeah, champion I've sometimes. been the champion since fucking March on yeah, and off you know yeah. anyway he talks about how he has a very strange relationship with Sid but he's gotta hang on to the belt by hook or by crook Vince pivots now to the final four match because if Sean wins, he's going to face the winner at WrestleMania. Right. And then Sean brings up how lately everyone's been talking about the attitudes of the WWF superstars. See, he knows. And you know, lately, everybody's been talking about the attitudes of some of the WWF superstars. I didn't know they referenced even the word attitude like that that early on. I know that's not... So, something tells me that the idea of WWF attitude was something like not in their playbook per se, but something in their like ideas sketchbook, like way before. And like, I did always notice even as a kid that they would test out this term attitude well before they finally just said WWF attitude. And that right? was a, a long time after this. Y yeah. Right? I, I would not be surprised if Vince was like, can you say like attitude or something <laughs> like, cause it may, it's something we might brand. Right. Like, Maybe. it's just one of those things. Like, just can you throw it in the promo? Right, right. You know, hey. like, Sean probably has no idea, like, that they're even like, going to go why? on a yeah, direction. He's just like, just say the word just so it's kind of there. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, Sean says that, you know, he has different kinds of moods all the time. He's human, but Bret Hart isn't happy with him. Steve Austin's not happy with anybody. The Undertaker is the scariest one. And Vader, he's tons of fun and tons of a wrecking machine. Okay. But it's all about the belt, which brings out the best or the worst in people. And lately, it's brought out the worst. And this is exactly what Quinn means about this period of time where everyone just wants that fucking belt and no it's one likes so anybody. Good. It is. It's so good. It is. Like, Sean's got the hot potato right now, right? That's yeah. like, the belt is like a literal, like, hot potato. Like, in the best of, of ways, meaning yes. that just, if you have it, you're the target and there's like six people after you, right? Yeah. It's a great era. Yeah. It really is. And then, like, whoever the next guy is, he's fucked because now all the other guys are going to try to get it. Exactly and, right. And then the next guy, and then the next guy. It's a much different way than they used to tell stories where it's just one rival versus one guy. There's Which is how they do it now. Uh, yeah, and how they had done it, too. I actually hate 
now looking back, I think that this is so much more fun. This is the, good. The idea that there's a there's a ring of people like trying to get the belt yeah. rather than this like we're trapped in one fucking feud for a month mm-hmm. and like nobody by virtue of the general manager is allowed to even like talk to the fucking <laughs> world champion. Like it's like yeah, you know what I mean? Like I do know what you it's, mean. It's how they do it. It's like you're on this yeah. fucking like you're on the rails. Like you yeah. can't it's like this guy's at the end of the rails, he's the champion, and the guy that's on the track, like he's the only guy. We can't fit two trains on the track, so yeah. only this guy's allowed. We only have three hours of airtime and forty five riders. We can't figure out how to do this. Anyway. And, and like all these wrestlers who are fifty fifty booked, you would think that would be like the perfect setup for like this kind of story, right? Where no everyone beats everyone. Right. Okay, if everyone beats everyone, then everyone should be a fucking contender for the belt. Just like this. But how do you really feel? <laughs> I'm just saying. Vince says, even if it brings out the worst in the attitudes, from a fan standpoint, it brings out the best. Good promo overall. Good promo from Sean. I yeah. don't normally like his promo. It's actually like it kind of set up, it kind of right on a T, like what, what's going on right now. Yep. So Vince now brings out Bret Hart, who stomps out in his wrestling gear. Bret, the, the hitman. Hart. Well, I wish it brought out Stone Cold Steve Austin first, but now that I think about it, these two guys really hate each other. Looking all confident and, like, particularly assy here tonight. Oh, he's tonight. grumpy. Yeah. He's not happy. <laughs> I was just like, look at this butthole. I like, I was like, I, didn't, I had no, like, usually, like, Brett, I'm like, oh, cool, Brett Hart. It's like, no, no, no. He just looks like a big dick here. But they know what they're doing with him yeah. by now. Yeah, the, they understand. His character is supposed to be, like, increasingly annoying. He doesn't even have his coat on. No. He's just like, <laughs> this is tights. He's just all lazy. People are tired of him. Yeah. They are. It's just like, what the, look at this asshole, yeah. like, thinks he's better than everyone. So he gets, like, a mild reaction. We're in Texas, by the way, so of course Sean is the hometown favorite, but yeah. this should be entertaining. Brett and Sean and Vince all in the same ring. Vince asks Brett something, but the hitman just steals the mic away. He tells Sean, whatever you got to do to walk out with the WWF Championship belt, do it because Brett is going to win in the final four. And then we get another ominous line from Bret Hart. I don't want any excuses. I don't want you to injure yourself. Uh-oh. Vince interrupts now and tells Brett that he's overlooking Sid because, hey, Sid could beat Sean. Well, it's true. It's true. He could beat him. true. Yeah. And Brett, Brett, I don't care. (laughs) And Sid could be, once again, WWF champion. First time McMahon's ever made sense. I don't care. Yeah, why does he not have any confidence that Sid could beat Shawn Michaels? Well, because he says, he's like, I'm going to be rooting for Shawn. I might even watch Shawn's back because he Mm -hmm. really wants to beat Shawn. Yeah, I understand that. But also the like... Even Vince is is a little like he's like, why are you just like Sid beat Sean? Because he's focused on Sean. Yeah. He he this, wants to beat him because funny. of WrestleMania. Yeah. Brett says in the final four again <laughs> before giving the mic back to Vince. That was actually rather civil. Yeah, no, it was. No I just want to face Sean. That's yeah. basically all it is. He didn't insult him. I was surprised. Yeah, me too, actually, because yeah. even before this, I was surprised were... he didn't say anything like, you know, boy toy, yeah. prancing around with, your, you know, like all that. Yeah. Anyway, Vince now brings out The Undertaker. We hit the bong and the lights go out, of course. Die, die, die. Still not the guitar music yet, unfortunately, but he has the good gear. That's at least. right. The Stones Are So Cold gear. Mm-hmm. So after 12 years of this entrance, the Stones Are So Cold Undertaker gets in and tells Brett that he respects him. And I love this here. Nice touch. Because of their match last year at the 96 Royal Rumble. Undertaker remembers. I like Farm remembers. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the Undertaker says he's getting sick and tired of how Bret Hart has been complaining about how he screwed out of the WWF <laughs> title. But I'm getting sick and tired of how you've been screwed 
out of the World Wrestling Federation title. See, this finally yep. feeds into me and Joe. You know, we always talk about this with The Undertaker. Yep. It's like, you know, Brett's bitching and moaning about yeah. getting screwed. Fucking Undertaker, look at his track. Look at he, everyone fucks him over, man. And he brings it up. He's like, you want to talk about screwed? Look at my history. Look at last year's Royal Rumble. It's real. <laughs> it it's true. Long-term Taker story here. I love it because he's like, I've been sitting back for too long. But it's time for me to just bring that belt to the dark side. Like, it's what we always say. It's true. <laughs> like, remember the last time he got, like, a real fucking title shot? Like, where he really had a shot with Yoko and everything? And then the whole fucking roster came out? Yeah, and then 96 with Diesel yeah. interfered in the Brett match. Mm-hmm. He's done. He put away Mankind at fucking Survivor Series. He got rid of the Executioner. Yep. He's done with that. He wants his title. He's done <laughs> dealing with this bullshit. Yes. Like, he's just like... I'm focused on the belt. I want it for once. I don't care about <laughs> mankind right. and all like fucking Mortis esque people. Like I just enough. I don't care who has the belt. Sid, fuck yeah, him. Sid, fuck Sid, fuck Sean, fuck Brett. Whoever's the champ, that's who I want. Yep. So I love this. Sean and Brett kind of stare at him, kind of annoyed, kind of scared. They're kind of like, oh fuck. My my favorite part is like when he says that to Brett Hart, Brett Hart about kind of like agrees. Brett Hart like agrees that like Taker's definitely been way more screwed than even him. You can th- see Brett thinking like, oh yeah, when you talk about screwed, yeah. you know, he's been screwed yeah, more than most. Screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an expert on being. I thought I got screwed the best, but yeah. apparently not. Yeah. Anyway, Undertaker says he's no longer going to be the hunted, but he'll be the hunter. Undertaker has a stupid teardrop still on his I face. I love father. that. What? I thought it made him look edgy. You didn't think that was cool? I he had a he was playing with marker, like a Sharpie, and he fucked oh, up. Oh, I knew it was fake, but like I, I just mean to say is like I always thought, oh, the Undertaker's even more badass now. Why? Because he drew on his face? Eh, I don't know. I could I could give you one if you want. No, right and that, here. That, doesn't, that on the mean, show. doesn't that mean something or something? Yeah, it, means it means you're nice. Yeah. That's what it means. Undertaker has a, <laughs> another great line here. Give your soul to the Lord. Because that belt in your body will belong to me. Rest in ass. <laughs> Vince now brings out Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I love this. Austin's music hits. He's still very much a heel, obviously, but one of the best characters on the whole damn show. He doesn't give two fucks. He just strolls out. Like, it's so Stomping great. Out, yeah. yeah. And then, I love this for literally no reason. What was this? <laughs> like, like I, I was in all honesty. I'm like, what is he doing here with his <laughs> stupid hat on? It's JR, like, following him down with a mic and all, all, all fat in a hat. It's horrible. Like, Western Union. Now, why are you saying Sean Cole? What? Austin's Austin. <laughs> he's just like, shut up. It, it literally first words, shut up. Like, it's just like amazing. Shut up. And Austin <laughs> says, you know what? He might be the toughest SOB in the WWF. He's in the aisle, by the way. But he recognizes. Yeah, not an, even the ring, son. Because he <laughs> recognizes an ambush when he sees one. That's right. why he's not heading up there. And he said, all I see now are three crybabies and little boy blue. I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> Making fun of Vince's suit. Yep. Uh, Austin then tells him all to. He says, they all piss and moan about whatever you want. But you know what? At Final Four, he's just going to be kicking everyone's ass. And then, by the way lingering way in the background like in the shadows of yeah, the raw literally sign. no lights on right. him 
pallbearer and Vader. That says it all. <laughs> yeah. about, they don't matter. I feel bad for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, Austin turns back now to head up the aisle. He sees Vader, so he turns back around. <laughs> yeah, he's like, on second thought, yeah. I'll kick your asses now. Like, all like a coward, yep. but not. It's and like weird. Taker's fine with it, but Austin work, walks backwards again. And then as he's walking back, he just gets into a big argument with Vader. Yeah, what? <laughs> he just gets in like Vader shit. He's like, I'll kick your ass too, son. And then he just like leaves. <laughs> Just because he literally doesn't like anyone. It's amazing. I love it. Anyway, we fade to break now, and then we get another Western Union commercial that I remember. Again, thanks, Jim Ross. Mm-hmm. My mom needed money. And Meet the son who did not send the money Western Union. She had to hitchhike across three counties. Now, this is a Western Union rewind, and this one is literally... The Ahmed. same thing we saw. It's Ahmed getting beat up by Farouk earlier and then getting pinned by Kraj. Why? Why? This is like the third time already. <laughs> I don't need to see How any- many times did he have to tell me about this? That This is one of the things about this early 97. They overpushed this. No one cared. No one cared. It really wasn't hot anymore. Yeah. Anyway, back to ringside where Vince reminds us that Raw is brought to us by, guess who? Western Union. Yep. British Bulldogs music hits. He proudly walks out with Clarence Mason and Owen Hart, who, by the way, is wearing a ridiculous oh. Nike, Nike tracksuit. <laughs> it's, it's hideous. I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like green and shit. You know Owen picked that out because it looked bad. It right? looks so like, bad. Look at it. Yeah, Isn't yeah. that funny? He was like on the road. It's like, oh, this will be great if I wear this to rings. <laughs> you know, like that's that's just Owen Hart. Because he doesn't take anything seriously. He yeah, doesn't he, care. He, but also when he's a heel, he wants to look as annoying as yes. possible. He's like, this looks like shit. Yeah. Like everyone's going to just hate me if I walk out in right. this thing. Because he could have just worn his wrestling gear. He's also got like high top Reeboks on that look stupid. It's like, great, man. He looks like a complete moron. And I'm pretty sure he has a towel like stuffed Around, under yes. the like coat part. He just looks stupid. He does. Bulldog's opponent Quinn is Furnace Lafon. Yep, his brother Philip is next to him in sweatpants and no shirt <laughs> for some reason. Now, by the way, yes, we know it's Doug Furnace and Philip Lafon. I don't know. What are you talking? They're brothers, I thought. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, the job Lafon brothers. <laughs> yes, Furnace and Philip. Yes. The jobber entrance, I got to say, is very fitting for Furnace Lafon here, don't you yeah. think? Oh, yeah. Already in the ring, his junky brother with no shirt. <laughs> These guys, you and me notoriously don't like them. Well, because they're boring. They're, the, they're one of the worst things ever. This is like... Wow, we couldn't get the Steiner brothers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is like, this is like even lower than them. And yeah, no, way lower. Yeah. I know they're good wrestlers. Great Manch. Great. Yeah. They, they never took off in WF. Nope. Uh, Jimmy Corderas is the referee again, as Owen proudly shows off the tag belts and his slammy. Mm-hmm. Side headlock by the Bulldog here. Furnace with a shove-off. Drop down. Leaf rod by Furnace. Dropkick is nicely done. Bulldog rolls out of the ring. By the way, Bulldog's hair is looking nice and slimy tonight, <laughs> yes, huh? Like, yes. it looks kind of... Yeah. It's before he got the spiky short hair again. Yeah. Remember? It's like too long. It's, it's like too he long. needs a haircut. Yeah, he's got bangs. Yeah. Uh, no reaction for any of this stuff, by the way. Here's Bulldog heads back out, but Furnace hits a knee. King calls Furnace Mr. Personality. <laughs> <laughs> like, even he fucking knows. These guys, they're boring. They stink, they're really. They're boring, yeah. They really are bad. They can wrestle, but yeah. I don't care. Uh, charge by Furnace in the corner. Snapmare gets two. Zero crowd noise. Nice vertical suit play by Furnace gets two. Why does he have a yin-yang on his tights? Like, what is that? He's very edgy and hip. Yeah. That was that, a big... Does that mean he knows karate or something? Is he the yin or the yang in the in the Lafon brothers? I can't tell. I would say he's probably the yin. Okay. He's I don't even yin. know what the yin, the yin and the yang do. Which ones? Is it like good and bad or dark and light? Yeah. Like, is it something like that? Sure. I, I, I don't know. I'm being honest. No, I know. Uh, Bulldog back, <laughs> backs into the corner. Dark world, light world. <laughs> Yeah, that, that works. Nether Realm. Nether. Yeah. Always reminds me of Mortal Kombat. Tetherball. Yeah. yeah. Sure. 
Bulldog, uh, I don't know what something's going on in the match here. Some chops it are doesn't happening. Matter. It doesn't really matter. Furnace tumbles right out to Owen Hart's feet out of the ring, but the Slammy Award winning Owen Hart just celebrates instead. He doesn't doesn't do anything. Two time. No, one time here. Oh, uh, we we haven't gotten the second one yet. No, no, that'd be March. Oh. That happens. See, interesting. He'll get there. Uh, Bulldog hops down. And this match stinks, and uh, rams Furnace into the post for fun. He then grabs the stairs, throws them right at Furnace's back before getting inside. <laughs> Doing a front flip. For, what was that? For no reason. I, I love like, it. Neat. <laughs> I like that version yeah. of the bulldog where he's like a little hammy. Yeah. He, you know, like this this he's version like, of him. You know, I can do flips too. <laughs> yeah. This is the one that said, because I'm bizarre yeah. the night before, you know? Because I'm bizarre. This is the bulldog at his like most, like kind of just having fun yes. era. Because he's not the in the world title scene They're not, anymore. Like, pushing him, he can just kind of be himself. He's great. I yeah. like this era. He then gives a thumbs up to the crowd. <laughs> yeah. And Vince says, uh, "Ahmed Johnson, meanwhile, is caught up with the nation back in the locker room. We're going to try to get some footage." Good. So we go to break. We come back. Ahmed storming around, yelling with a two by four. He's breaking down doors. The nation's yeah. not there. Whatever. Yeah, no one's in there. King says the reason they're not in there, Ahmed, is because it's a trap. You big dumb idiot. Does he not realize the reason they're not in there is because this is a big trap, you idiot, Ahmed? It could very well be a trap. Well, anyway, from a trap to crap we go as we go back to the ring here. Snapmare by Bulldog into a chinlock. As I'm bored. Yeah, I don't blame you, Quinn. Uh, so Philip Lafoot here tries to get the crowd into it, but they mainly boo. One kid yells grease spot or something. I don't know. <laughs> Hater. What are you? Uh, LaFon tries again. <laughs> Crowd's still not into it. Elbows up by Furnace as Vince says, par excellence. Which annoys me, by the way. I Anytime. Why does he say this? Have you noticed? He says this in like 84 canon sometimes. Like he'll just randomly decide like, this guy is par excellence. He's, like <laughs> It's like one of Vince's like random things he'll just say. Parv excellence. Yeah. Who's Parv? Yeah. Kneel up by the bulldog and he goes after LaFon for just even being here in this company. Cover off of nothing by Bulldog <laughs> gets two. And by that, I mean Furnace was literally still just laying there from whatever the previous move was it a while ago. None of this matters. No. Right hands well, by the- Fun <laughs> brothers need to go. Oh, they at do. This point. And they don't until like a year. Anyway, right hands by the bulldog in a headbutt, shot by Furnace, but he starts to, I don't know, light the pilot, get it? Because he's a furnace. It doesn't matter. Close <laughs> on by bulldog, kills the heat. Pile driver attempt is turned into a backdrop by Furnace. Meanwhile, Vince says that the LaFon brothers are technicians, which is code for why this is boring. Correct. That's to explain to you why you're not enjoying the match. I think Vince already knows by this point. Oh, that he's got it. These guys aren't going these aren't, anywhere. These guys aren't going to make my new attitude era no. that I don't even know what that means. Yeah, yet. whatever that is. Whatever yeah. I'm going for, this isn't it. Yeah. <laughs> Crappy punches by Davey, who is still in the Navy. And probably will be for life. Uh, snap suplex by the Bulldog gets two. Back to the chin lock. Why did you pick this, Connor? Like, I get it. The last one hour one. But why are we watching this? Mm -hmm. This stinks. <laughs> you hate this match. Do you like it? It's not good. Okay. We cut to Owen. This is good. Yelling outside the ring to Philip Lafon. He's like, I hate him. He gives Canada a bad name. He's like my lousy brother, Brett. <laughs> still, still. Still with the Brett. He's like my lousy brother, Brett. He's a loser. Listen, Owen. He stinks like Brett. Like, even in his other feuds, he can't help but not bring Brett up. I love the continuity. Uh, yeah. I really, really Owen, do. I really think that in this feud, it's the best continuity I've ever seen in any feud ever. The oh, it's up there, he, yeah. Like, lives and dies off I hate Brett. Yep. His entire run his in entire WWF. run. Yeah. 
Bulldog goes for a press slam. Furnace flips out of it off the ropes. Drop kick. No one interested in this at all. <sighs> Zero reaction. Zero. Yeah. Big rights by Furnace. Irish whip um, overhead belly to belly almost pops the crowd by Furnace. There. Irish whip again by Furnace. Sloppy power slam gets two. King then says when he does when he does that move he covers them immediately. You know when King does yeah when King does it the power slam and the overhead goes back to USWA <laughs> after this at sports and stuff or wherever they are. <laughs> yes, that's where Th- that place looks bad at the end. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Uh, Bulldog off the ropes. Furnace goes for a hurricanrana, but Bulldog with a nice power bomb cover gets two. Sadly, Owen hops on the apron with the slammy, but Furnace sends Bulldog right into the slammy, and a cover by Furnace gets two. <laughs> Couldn't even pin him with that. Uh, Owen then wanders in and gets punched by Furnace, who comes off the ropes, tries a sunset flip. Bulldog blocks it and gets a three count. <laughs> what a fucking loser! <laughs> like Bulldog- he did like all this offense. Bulldog's like, I'm just gonna sit on him, like, and just wins. The old SummerSlam '92 finish, Quinn. Yep. One, two. Look at that! Unbelievable. Owen comes in to check on David, but David gets all wavy and he tries to steal the slammy. Hey, calm down, you two. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, like, Owen kind of fucked up here. He, he was, like, standing to. on there a little too long, like his brother Brett that time. Oh, maybe now he knows how it feels. Yeah. Huh? Clarence comes in, though, to try to restore order, calm everyone down, but Bulldog gets mad at Clarence, too. This is so sad, Joe. I know. It's I don't, a great I don't team. Like it. Yeah. <laughs> so good. They're good. Owen tries to hand Bulldog his belt, but Davey throws it down. Hey, everyone chill. Let's not. Let's not get too out of hand here. Let's, let's keep it together, right? I'm like rooting for them to stay. I'm not even, they're supposed to be heels. You're supposed to like be like, yeah, break up. And I like, know. I'm like, no, don't. Like, I know. I like They're them. like the only good tag team. Yes. <laughs> like, right now. Yeah. Just, 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 I don't know, like talk it out. Talk it out. Clarence can like moderate. He's a lawyer. He yeah. Knows. He knows a little thing about arbitration. Yeah. So Owen yells, I'm sorry. Yeah. Mild Bulldog champ before Davey finally takes his belt, shakes Owen's hand with Clarence. And Owen yells, raise my hand too. Of course he does. <laughs> I love him. Uh, everyone leaves together. So that's that. Props to Clarence for diffusing, Ooh, by the way. That's a close one, man. That could have, if he wasn't there, Joe. I know. We take another look at MSG, uh, where Savio decided to ruin his WWF run by turning heel. He turned heel. They showed us already. It, I know. None, none of this matters. Again? Nation. Nation, 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 everyone. Good Lord. Then on Saturday... At Webster Hall, there were some scantily clad women dancing around. And then Todd, with his new haircut and his goatee, were talking to Savio and his strappy things. Yeah, the edgy Todd with shaved head. (laughs) (laughs) I'm cool. Yeah, literally. (laughs) Meanwhile, on fucking Monday, he's going to be doing a fucking, how you you doing there, Jimbo? My name is Maliki Pakuki, and I'll tell you one thing, I bought you milk and it was expired. Is your refrigerator running? <laughs> As children laugh and adults change the radio station. Put on Stern or something yeah. or IMIS or anything. <laughs> anyway, Savio said, I didn't join the nation. I'm sorry I lost it at MSG. You know, it's my Puerto Rican temper. No, Todd, I know enjoy the nation of domination. I'm sorry I lost it today in the Madison Square Garden. The hot Puerto Rican temper was taken on me. No, okay. That's yeah. like very not trustworthy. No, not yeah, I'm definitely one. not the nation of domination. <laughs> what? I can't even believe they even like went that route. I, like, no, I didn't join the nation. I'm sorry. I just got mad. I didn't just help them. Right. That was just, I was mad at you. <laughs> like what? For what? So then he repeats some of the stuff in Spanish before we cut to Savio kicking the shit out of Rocky Maivia while Farouk and Crush watch on and give him the salute, you know? Yep. So yes, Savio joined. Ironically on The Rock, which is weird. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. 
But man, are we really focusing on the nation of domination tonight, huh? Oh, it's Holy all shit. nation all the time, man. God. Anyway, all three of them beat down the rock before uh, Billy Silverman ran into me. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. Anyway, Vince says shotgun is good. Because they're coming back to the Mirage. Yeah, the where, first episode. Where it all began, Vince says. Yeah. And where it all began. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, at Mirage Nightclub, we're returning this Saturday night in New York City. All began? It just began. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so wait a sec. What the fuck how is old that? Is, yeah, actually, now that I think of it, how old is Shotgun? Like a month? There's been like three <laughs> or four. Wait, wait, wait. He's trying, he's trying to like historical this already. Yeah. <laughs> Where like, it all began. It all began a month ago. Like, like 19 days ago, whatever it is. Come, come see the origins of this show that's like four weeks old. That started this year. Yeah. <laughs> what? I thought it'd been like at least two or three months. No. Um, oh, wow. 21 <laughs> days or something. <laughs> Nothing. I didn't even realize that. I, I literally thought, oh, wasn't it like in November? Maybe he's like saying. Like January. In case, he should have phrased it in case you missed it last month. Right? Maybe. It's not even last month is the problem. It's still yeah. January. I'm just saying is that he should have not acted like it was some historical. I know. Like if they brought back Shotgun now and went to where the Mirage is now. Right. Then you'd be like, where it all began. Like, yeah. But no. No. Not good. Back to ringside where it's time for Vader's music. He apparently still works here. You wouldn't know it by the big ignore at the beginning. They didn't even talk to Vader. Yeah. They didn't even talk to Vader. They didn't. Not nice. Paul Barrow leads out the Mastodon, and I don't care what anyone says. Like I said earlier, this pairing is better than when he was with Cornette. Mm -hmm. It just is. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I don't... I don't... You don't need Cornette talking for Vader. No. Paul Barrow in his very understated... (laughs) Vader, motherfuckers! They're very good! Anyway, Vader's partner, Mankind, wanders out. You know, all Mankind-y. I like this team. I did until this match. Um, no idea who the opponents are, seriously. I didn't know because there's, like, no good teams Should for them to face. Should have been Furnace and LaFon. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but we come back from break, and then we hear the hideous overdubbed Hillbilly Jim music. Welcome back, everyone. Here come the Godwins. I hate it. Just buy the stupid song. It's so annoying. I know, I know. Like, how much could no? Don't go messing with a country boy cost. What? <laughs> like, how? Like, who? Who is clamoring for that? I don't know. I mean, seriously, that overdub is really bad. We've always talked about. Yeah, it. it's the worst one. <laughs> I think it's because of how it starts. It's because of how it starts. How loud they play it. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. Their opponents are, of course, the Godwins. But Vince says, "You know what? Fuck all that. Let's look at footage from the Sky Dome press conference <laughs> earlier today." Keep that in mind. Okay. They, wow, they traveled really far. Oh, huh? Yeah, yeah. First there was Bret Hart. Then we get footage of Tiger Jeet Singh leading out his son, Tiger Ali Singh. Yeah, that. Yeah, seven people like care. This was so <laughs> dumb. Like, and I swear, Joe, I remember seeing this, right? So, and I was yep. like, oh, he's going to be on Raw like next week. And he's going to, I figured, oh, he's, you know, he's going to know like, he's going to be like Sagat or some shit. I'm not kidding. Like, this was what I thought. Like, right. Because I thought Thailand, or I don't know why as a kid. He's not I from thought, Thailand. I thought he was going to have more like a karate. Because his like, name is Tiger. Kicks, kicks and stuff like that. That's what I thought. Because it's Tiger. Right, Tiger. Right, Stu Hart trained him. So I'm thinking, Did Stu Hart train I'm thinking him? this guy, this is going to be fucking awesome, right? Yeah. And then he like didn't even wrestle for months or something. And, and when he, he did, when he did, he looked like shit. He was fat. He was extremely poor. Yeah. Sadly, he wasn't trained by Stu Hart. Was he trained by Sagat at least? Yes. <laughs> Tiger. Tiger. 
So remember, earlier today, Bret Hart was in Toronto. That's very impressive that he made it down here in time to Texas. <laughs> God. It's amazing, right? Giving away the pre-tape, not even, yeah. either they missed it or they just didn't care. You know, they're like, hey, earlier today, because it was that day. Well, to be fair to them, Joe, they do this all the time with the like Saturday morning superstars. Oh, yeah. Like, and they're like, we're here in the arena at 10. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, li- everyone lined up here like three hours ago at seven in the morning oh, to yeah. like get in. Got like, it. It's like hot action. Yeah. Vince somehow segues now into a La Femme Nikita plug tonight at 10. That's how much that fucking tire shit mattered. Yeah, La Femme Nikita was better. Yeah. Uh, the Goblins are still faces, but they're a little more serious. And you can tell because Phineas is not wearing the red shirt anymore. He's got more of like a camo yeah. flannel thing camo underneath this. Yeah, I don't know what that is. That's when it gets serious. Going hunting. Going hunting. Uh, and an incredible moment here. King makes a noise. And Vince mutters, you sound like Stu Hart there. <laughs> 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 Close your eyes. Sounds like it's too hard there. So Mankind and the Pig start big rights by Phineas. He throws Mankind into the buckles. Uh, referee is referee, Mike Chioda. Head up by Phineas. More right hands, but Mankind fires back. By the way, next week on USA, it's Royal Rumble Raw. That's right. Fuck you. We're going to play the entire 97 Royal Rumble match. <laughs> because we're poor and like no one bought the show and we have to let you know what happened. We need to promote shit. I don't know. Also, we don't have any matches filmed probably. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I think they were doing a bunch of stuff since then. Yeah, what I don't the know. What the fuck was going on at the beginning of the year here with this? Like A lot of weird shit, man. There's the Berlin Raw. There's a yep. lot of weird stuff. <laughs> uh, Vince says, not since 1989 has the Royal Rumble been That's on broadcast TV. That's not a good thing. It's also not true. It's 1988. <laughs> Whoops. He's wrong. Anyway, we're going to get a bunch of Skydome footage that is hideously lit. Mankind rocks back and forth in the corner. Phineas tags in. Henry Lockup. Right hands by Mankind. Trademark. Nuska. 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 You know that. When he says the yep, thing, when he I does know the punches. It. Okay. Oh, I know. Throughout childhood, uh, and certainly as an adult. Hank here fires back and lands a nice body slam. Hank Goblin. <laughs> Hank. Vader wants the tag, but Mick just keeps rocking back and forth. What is this? It's all punchy. I don't think he likes Vader. Yeah. I don't think Mick likes Vader. Uh, Phineas is back in as King brings up how... The Honky Tonk Man's manager, Colonel Tom Parker, just passed away. And Vince, I couldn't believe he went there. It was amazing. Vince is just like, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you loved it too, Jeff. He's not Elvis. <laughs> the what idea, is this? The I don't idea, get this. I got to hand it to King. I don't. I, I had a good laugh just because the King, like, deadpan, like, completely straight. Like, yeah, his manager died or whatever. Like, Honky's so bad, upset or whatever. Like, like, like Colonel Tom, like, he is Elvis. He's not. <laughs> but he is. He had his own colonel, He's, Jimmy Hart. Yeah, well, he he also had that colonel before. I hate this. I hate the Elvis Jimmy Hart thing. replaced Colonel Parker. Anyway, Mankind wants nothing to do with Vader, even when Vader tries to help him out. Paul Bearer comes over to mediate. Be nice. Back inside, side headlock by Phineas. Vader finally gets a tag in. Big Vader time right hands on Phineas, which almost wakes up the crowd. Irish rope by Vader. Huge clothesline as Hillbilly Jim yells some shit at Phineas. Probably plugging the Coliseum tapes, honestly. Yeah. Got some labors. Uh, Mankind back in Phineas with right hands. Eye gouge by Mankind. Whip is reversed by Phineas. Dug under by Mick. Mandible claw! And a zero reaction for anything ever. It's because there's so much punching. Like I was saying before, yes. it's like ev- everything since the beginning has been punch, punch, punch. Mankind like sneers at Vader. Yeah. Punchy punch, punch. It's punch, not good. Phineas punch, Hank punch, <laughs> Mankind punch, Vader punch. All kinds of punch. Hawaiian yeah. punch. Yep. Henry clotheslines both guys over the top to break the man in the claw. Smart. Smart. That was a smart move by yeah, Hank. Absolutely, by yeah. Hank. 
Vince and King are bored, so they start talking about Arkansas and Rand McNally. It's not good. Uh, Phineas tries to superplex Mankind in, but Vader holds the feet. He then hops up and slingshots Phineas over the apron with Mick, which is kind of good. Henry flies out of nowhere with a huge clothesline on Vader. Making the save all happily. Don't mess with him. Don't go He's mess a country with him. boy. Don't. It's in the song. Yeah. That we can't hear, though. No. Uh, Henry then goes after Mankind as we go to break. And now, Quinn, <laughs> we get your favorite, the George Mirasan cologne parody commercial thing you know you can smell like me (laughs) and i was so excited this was preserved i really thought this was lost a couple years back i went looking for this did you like i was like where is this like i remember this commercial it was like saved on a tape somewhere or something i love it next up a very special item george mirasan cologne do you want to smell like me but it leads to todd butting in with not going anywhere for a while grab a snickers Anyway, we can see Ahmed Johnson beat up Triple H, which I guess is fine with me. I mean, he is a jobber. It's just a fact. True. Back to the ring where Mankind is kicking Phineas's ass again. He misses a charge, though. Both guys are down. Tag to Vader. Here comes the hog. Big rights by Hank. Irish whip huge clothes on on Vader, and then one for Mankind. Then a body slam on Vader, by the way. Mankind gets knocked out to the floor. He's a house of pork. <laughs> yes. Really hamming it up over yeah. there, Quinn. Um, the hot tag was bacon, you could say, for a while, huh? Yeah, it Thanks. was. Henry Godwin is the most over person in this match, for the record. That's that's because his name's Hank. Is he the captain? He, he oh, he was <laughs> definitely the captain of the Godwin, yeah. like without question. Okay, just Hillbilly was the manager, but Hank was the captain. Hank, yeah, he had the experience over Phineas. Remember who, who did? Hank. Hank. Okay. Hank. Remember he was like a heel once. Yeah, Phineas is like a baby. Yeah, <laughs> this is my baby brother. Or whatever. Yeah, whatever he, it yeah well, it's true. Doesn't matter. The same the brother cousin. Yeah. Anyway, Vader sends uh, Hank down though with a forearm headlock by, but Henry with a suplex out of it. He misses an elbow, so Vader lands his own elbow just south of Bitters, Arkansas. Very proud. Very proud by Vader. Hank Godwin was underrated. In all honesty, like I'm not even kidding. No, he is. I 100% agree with you. He's he, very good. He was a guy that if he didn't get hurt, I guarantee you they would have repackaged him later as something else. Yeah, because even with Southern Justice, they were trying. They were attempting something. Yeah. yeah. This is a good wrestler. Yeah. Very, very good. It's a talent that they were just trying to find the right gimmick for. Yep. You could tell. That's all it was. Yep. Um, so Vader sends Hank outside as Mankind has found himself a chair. He tries to hit Henry with it. Goblin moves pretty quickly. Mankind just says fuck it and hits Vader anyway, and then he kind of smiles about it. All coy. All coy. He doesn't like Vader, remember? No. Uh, anyway, the Goblins win by countout as Mankind happily leaves. Paul Bearer is all upset. Vader's trying to shake off the cobwebs. Trouble in Twisted Paradise, I guess, I right? I guess so, Quinn. Uh, this would have been better if Vader and Mankind had any chemistry together as a team. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing, they're, right? They were, they're not good at WrestleMania. I like the concept either. of yes. them being together. I don't like the um, execution. Agreed, 100%. We now see Hillbilly Jim doing a fucking hoedown in the ring with the Goblins as we go to break. <laughs> All right, we're back. We're Vince Plugs, Western Union again. I like Western Union. Before we cut to Ahmed shoving uh, PG-13 in the trunk of a car as it drives away. He beats the shit out of Wolfie and Icy, whatever his name <laughs> yeah, is. Icy G. I don't know. <laughs> back to ringside where we plug the Royal Rumble Raw. Wow, they really had nothing, huh? Yeah. Is there uh, even matches next week? They don't say. They're just like, oh, the Royal Rumble's going to replay. I'll let you know in a second. Uh, Vince incorrectly says it was 1989 was the last time, but it wasn't. Besides the beginning of this show, this was awful. I mean, there's hints of the greatness that was to come. They involve everyone that was in the opening segment, though. Yeah, the promo thing. Yeah, the promo thing. That's in the opening segment. Oh, yeah, you're right. There was a match before it. Oh, God, I'm a crush, yeah. Uh, Owen and Bulldog, though. 
they're very good in 97, but this Furnace and LaFon feud was not good. <laughs> that shit sucks. Yes. And then everything the nation did when Crush was in it was also really bad yeah. for the most part. Vader and Mankind were not a good team. I mean, they realized that pretty quickly. So basically, no, this wasn't very good. But, 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 since it was the pre-attitude, attitude era, at least it's like a different kind of not good. It's not 1995 not yeah. good. You know that what was, I mean? Yeah, the episode was very meh, but yeah. the attitude is forming at yes. least. Even Sean said it. <laughs> yes, he said it. It's about the only saving grace here. And then the epilogue on this one is the Royal Rumble Raw. Apparently, USA is like... N- n- well, two things happened. USA is like, we need a two-hour show. And that's when they started doing two-hour shows, right? Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two is the pay-per-view companies were like, what the fuck are you... You can't give <laughs> this match away. People... No, that's it's our thing. It's Viewer's Choice Encore or yeah, whatever. Like, we we get... No, you don't give that away. So what had to happen, if you recall, is they still called it the Royal Rumble Raw. And all they did was show a few very brief clips... And mm. then this was that fucking Skydome show from when they were at the Skydome on this day. Where there's like no people there or something. Yeah, there's not a lot of people and it's really shittily lit. They filmed it, but it wasn't supposed to air as Raw. <laughs> they had to like scramble to get a Whoops. Raw together for two hours. So yeah, things were getting very different. We're only uh, six weeks away from the Raw is War set change and, and all that stuff. We're getting there. The shitty Munich Raw. The Berlin, yeah, Berlin, whatever. Uh, that's happening soon, so it's a very interesting period of time. Interesting, Connor. In all seriousness, thank you because it's the last one-hour regular right. raw that there ever was. It's also very crappy. It's also very shitty. But folks, we hope you did not find this episode of OVP shitty as we have kicked off a brand new season. Uh, obviously, the holidays are coming up. If you celebrate Christmas, have a good one. Whatever you celebrate, have fun doing it. We will be back in one week for episode 252. In the meantime, I want to remind you guys to follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can join the Facebook group if you want to talk about stuff. And if you want the extra OVP content, it is patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. But until next week, have a very good holidays, whatever you do with it. I'm Joe Murata. That's Michael Quinn, and we are out of here. See ya. This is it, man. The Royal Rumble locker room. I bet it's Shawn Michaels' locker room. Ah, uh-uh, no way. It's too big. It's got to be the champ's locker room. It's got to be Sid's. No way, man, because you know why? Because Brett's going to destroy Sid in your house. If it's anybody's locker room, it's Bret Hart's locker room. <laughs> hey, look at this shoe. Oh, look at the size of these shoes. Size 19s. Oh, I bet they're Yokozuna shoes. You know what Yokozuna does in these shoes? Bad things, man. George. Yokozuna doesn't wear shoes.